I heard a song once about a boy of modest means. Found his way into the home of a very prominent family. He loved the eldest daughter. Sadly, she had eyes for another. When boys and girls live in the same home, awkward situations can arise. Sometimes I've heard even brothers and sisters develop certain affections. And when those affections become common knowledge, well, that is an awkward situation. Indeed, especially in a prominent family. Prominent families often forget a simple truth. I found. And which truth is that? Knowledge is power. Seize him. Cut his throat. Stop. Oh, wait. I've changed my mind. Let him go. Step back three paces. Turn around. Close your eyes. Power is power. Do see if you can take some time away from your coins and your whores to locate the star girl for me. I would very much appreciate it. To you know nothing, John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan, this is Eric. Eric, how are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. And in the state of New York, hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, sir? I am fine. Phil, how are you? Doing well. The PC issue, so I'm actually uh, speaking into an iPhone. Uh, how's my my quality tonight? Anybody? It's a little little less than usual, but it's still pretty good. Okay, very well. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, some other time my old PC will be fixed, but we'll see. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is um, our retrospective of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. And we are also maybe discuss some uh, things that we think may happen next year. Um, but uh, otherwise... Uh, well, I guess uh, we're all in mourning, I guess. Oh. Anyone? Anyone in mourning like me? No. You're not uh, devastated? No, not at all. I'm so glad I'm not going to have to talk about this for a while. No, but I mean, I don't talk about the podcast. I mean, uh, weekly Game of Thrones episodes. No, no, I'm so sick of it. Really? I'm, I'm ready for a break. Yeah, I can use a break, too. I'm, I'm not ready for a, a two-year break or even an 18-month break. Uh, but I, I, I can use, especially because school classes start for me tomorrow, I can use the extra time. Um, I'm in mourning for Walter Becker, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> What's that? I don't get that. Walter Becker is uh, one of the two uh, members of Steely Dan who passed away today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Actually, I thought it was yesterday. Or yesterday. In the, sometime in the last 24 hours. I, heard, yes. I found out this morning. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so really, so you guys are uh, okay with a, a break then, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, reasons, Eric, reasons. 
Uh, it's just it's oversaturation. Uh, I can't turn my head without somebody talking about Game of Thrones, seeing an article about Game of Thrones, people theorizing about Game of Thrones, Phil posting stupid pictures of fucking Sansa on Facebook. It's just too much. We never so. even got to the... What are you talking about, Eric? We never even got to the merman theory. <laughs> Guess that. And, and Eric, being a podcaster about Game of Thrones, uh, you probably asked a lot of questions as an expert. Uh, I, I get that a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so... Not nearly yeah. as much as uh, probably uh, Dave Chen and Joanna Robinson have it way worse than we do. Uh, but still, I, I get pinged every now and then. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and and to be honest, yeah, I mean, when people are complaining about uh, Sam and Gilly and who's should get credit for, you know, who Jon <laughs> Snow is, it's, right. you, now we're getting a little too too yeah a little too much. Right. Well, and well, I, think if, I think that's, that's indicative of some other issues with the show, and we'll get into that. Well, that's not even the the big scandal that dropped. What's that? Eric, which, which was that? Which is that? Uh, Amelia Clark isn't a blonde. Oh, oh, yeah, that was another one that, that people were complaining about. Yeah, yeah. Which also, stupid, Lena, stupid people. I don't think Lena Headey's a blonde, and I don't think no, she's uh, not. Sophie Turner is redhead, and I don't no, think the, she's the, not. Woman, the woman Wait, that plays Egret. I don't think she was a redhead. And I don't think the woman that plays Caitlyn was a redhead. I think Egret uh, actually is a redhead. Oh, okay, yeah, I think she is. Yeah, just yeah. wait till they find out that the hound wasn't actually burned in fire, right. <laughs> and that he didn't actually fuck a bear. Right, right, right. In the mountains, well, actually, the mountains actually alive. Well, actually, it's not the hound. It's 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 uh, giant's bane that that had a sex with the bear. That's what I was talking about. Egret denounced it. Said you never had sex with a bear. I heard that. She wasn't today. there. But She's just sexism. jealous. Uh, on the other hand, Lena Headey does have sex with a brother. So, well, the character does. <laughs> wow. All yes. right. And, and I, I don't believe a Danish actor and an English actress have any relations uh, in ge- genetically, so I don't think there's a problem. I wasn't talking yeah. about the other actor. Oh boy! All right, moving on. Moving on. All right. So, so, but you get this this little nonsense that we're talking about here probably gives a good idea of what you were trying to imply, Eric. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. And what about you, Mike? Uh, why Why are you okay with waiting another year instead of having more episodes next week and next week and next week? I, I just need a little bit of a, a break right now. Things have been really busy with family issues and school and everything else, and I just I could use a bit of a breather. Right, right. and school meaning um, uh, you're a teacher, school teacher. Yeah, teacher. there there are, there are issues that are happening there that you know I don't want to get into, but it's just it's just always going to be a, a busy time of year at this point. So it's nice to get a breather. Usually we're doing this shit in the spring where it's my, my load is a little lighter. Right. So, and then there's a bunch of stuff that uh, is popping up that I normally don't have to deal with. But gotcha, gotcha. Anyway. Fair um, so, but yeah, I mean, part of me would really just, I am not, what I'm not looking forward to is 18 to 24 months of wild conspiracy theories and trying to figure Eight out exactly and, yeah. why, yeah, why did, Jamie Blink at this particular moment in this conversation, what was it signaling? And this new theory about Game of Thrones will blow your mind. Click here. Yeah. Right. Right. And and, and to be honest, uh, no matter how much anyone beloves 
such things. You know, I, I, I could say, you know, like I know you're a uber Star Wars fan. I'm a, and and probably Star Trek and Game of Thrones too. And I'm a Game of Thrones uber fan. But I think we all know that this is just, you know, f- fictional books out of and, and movies. It's out of yeah. control. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, it doesn't I, matter in the real right. world. Right. At some point in my life, I realized that there is no bottom to the rabbit hole. Right, and and that I just need to back out, and some people just go all in, and I I can't do that. I just certainly can't do that anymore. And there's just too many things I like. So you get some people that just that are the 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 real Uber fans that are whatever it is, whether it's a sports team, it's a movie franchise, it's I don't care what it is that just all they do is watch and read and listen to that one thing. I, I, yeah. I, there, there, there are too many good things I enjoy in this world that I want to be a fan of, but I'll never be that much a fan of anything ever again in my life. <laughs> well, and and to be honest, I kind of learned this lesson last year because um, I think on my horror movie list for dark discussions last year, I had over sixty some movies, just horror movies. Uh, and by the end of the year, I was burnt. I did not want to watch any horror movies. Um, so uh, beginning of this year, I really took it easy and I allowed myself to to branch out and enjoy some other genres, you know, some comedies, uh, like horror some, comedy, horror some action, sci- some sci-fi, um, some drama, and I found that if I do that and uh, sprinkle the horror in along the way, uh, it it leaves me m- much more uh, apt to enjoy it rather than to feel is it it's a duty. Uh, and Game of Thrones right now feels like a duty. And Eric, uh, that's curious duty. that you brought that up because, <laughs> uh, as Mike was stating, um, Uber fans on one subject, um, just watching sixty-six different films that were standalone, can get you tired as well. And and mm-hmm. and that's so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like the guys over Exploding Heads Horror Podcast, they got, they do a great show over there, and they really know their shit. Um, but those guys watch so many horror movies. I think a couple of the hosts watched over 100 horror movies in 2016. Uh, and that, I can't do that. That's, that's above and beyond. And I just I don't have what it takes, I guess. Sure. Uh, so so after, after an intense seven-week season of Game of Thrones, I'm, I'm a little burnt and I'm ready for a break. Right, right. Yeah, and, and to be honest, um, I, I usually do that Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Review podcast where i review five to six um uh, horror or genre uh, films and yet um you know just watching them the same genre over and over can get you tied out and so so i i stopped temporarily while game of thrones was on Mm -hmm. to just crank through game of thrones and now that it's off i can go back and i'll hopefully be refreshed to release a new episode without being uh drained like like I, i felt earlier in the year well, it's also the need, the need to watch new stuff, right? Because we are a mostly current movie podcast, The Dark Discussions. Obviously not, you know nothing. Um, and so there are things I don't, don't ever get a chance to rewatch because I'm watching shit like Anti-Birth or something because I'm, well, maybe this is worth an episode or these five podcasts I listen to do have an episode on it and I don't want to miss those episodes or, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's just um, last night I went to see Close Encounter of Third Kind in the in theaters, and that was such a nice experience, just to revisit a great film in a theater setting. 
Yeah, I watched that with uh, with Dan again recently. It was it was in my living room rather than the theater, uh, but still, it was great to go back and watch a classic. Yeah, yeah, to, uh, to, to, yeah, I, I agree, Eric. It's just to take a break from um, stuff and, and go back to some items that you you really like that you haven't seen for a while uh, always is a is a good thing as well. Um, so anyway, I apologize. I didn't mean to turn this into a bitch fest right off the yeah. bat. So let's, now, let's, let's and, talk and this Game is, of Thrones. And I think it's fair to say this has been possibly the most eventful Game of Thrones season, at least most eventful per episode since there were only so many episodes, and also probably the most controversial. Right. Yep. So um, before we get into that, uh, let me just do some uh, house cleaning stuff. Uh, first off, uh, Eric, uh, uh, you do a couple other podcasts? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, one of them is the podcast of which this is a spinoff. Dark Discussions Podcast, your place for discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. You can find it at darkdiscussions.com and wherever your podcasts are sold. Uh, I, also, I also do another one, a general interest podcast that I record and produce myself. It's called the Ascanity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can also find that wherever podcasts are, well, distributed, I guess. Very good. And uh, Mike, uh, you do a genre blog as well as a few other podcasts? Yeah, it's uh, Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. Uh, and, of course, we also do for the currently on hiatus well, Westworld podcast, uh, uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, and also on hiatus Searching for uh, American Gods, which is about the star show American Gods. And maybe those will be coming back. We'll see whenever those shows come back on the air. Excellent. Very good. Um, uh, for me, uh, I do have um, a new a short story coming out in a book called Invocations that's coming out September 20th or so. Uh, it'll be able to be found um, on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and whatnot. Um, it's obviously Invocations means something to do with um, uh, spells or incantations um, of, of demons or whatever, and my short story happens to be in that one. Um, and then I have uh, another one coming out later in the year, uh, but uh, the date for that I'm not sure, so I, w- I won't mention anything there plus all folks can go and order pentagonal sextet uh from either barnes and noble or amazon where they can find five of my short stories and a collection of 30 stories by six different authors including myself which have uh, five short stories in there uh we are at www.darkdiscussions.com which is the home page for you know nothing john snow a game of thrones podcast because as eric stated uh this is a not necessarily a spin-off but part of the umbrella of dark discussions you can find us on stitcher itunes and google play or as they call now apple apple podcasts it's been <laughs> right. re- been renamed um and stupid. it is stupid and Wait, what's I- been renamed itunes at least on oh, mobile iTunes. devices yeah yeah they call it now apple podcast at least for the podcast sites um and uh the thing is is you can find you know nothing, Jon Snow, Game of Thrones podcast at two places uh, on on those uh, um, places where you can listen to podcasts, which is under the You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, Game of Thrones RSS feed or feed itself, or you can get uh, the Dark Discussions podcast feed, which includes all of uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, Game of Thrones podcast plus our other podcasts, including Dark Discussions, as Eric mentioned. And that's a weekly podcast, so you can continue to hear us, even though you know nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, will be on hiatus 
for some time because uh, we will be waiting for the new season. Um, now, with all that stated, uh, Eric uh, and Mike, uh, I know while I was uh, working on uh, correcting some computer issues, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, you guys were mentioning something about seven versus ten episodes and how that may or may not cause issues or enjoyment with this season. Well, I, I think having uh, experienced what I did on this podcast and listening to others and reading stuff on the Internet, uh, that a lot of the issues that people had with this season were caught directly caused by the fact that it was compressed into seven episodes rather than ten. And as fabulous as the special effects were, I think that's part of the reason they, they uh, cut it down is to save budget. But uh, I, I think a lot of the issues had to do with uh, compressed storylines, uh, travel time not making sense, uh, and everything like that. And I think a lot of the complaints about this season could have been avoided had it been spread out into ten episodes rather than seven, because uh, then the show could have uh, had a little time to breathe uh, and not just been rushing from one thing to the next 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 to get it all in. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, like I, I stated early when we were doing uh, episodes for this season, um, I would have liked to see what was going on in Castle Black every so often or uh, Eastwatch every so often prior to everybody heading up to Eastwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, Gendry just disappeared for season, episode seven, and yet he was a huge part of episode six, and I thought that was a little unfortunate and so yeah, I, and and we, we've mentioned many times on the show about various storylines that we felt were um, weaker because uh, it, it didn't necessarily feel real for the characters because there wasn't enough build-up um, between the characters to make us believe something would happen. I'm specifically mentioning like the Sansa Arya Baelish thing, and then of course all the red shirts um, and not having any of them developed was unfortunate as well. Um, Mike, what about yourself? Uh, you, you were discussing with Eric, too. I, I, don't, I don't have as much of a problem as many people do, um, like with the travel thing. There are a couple of cases where it was egregious. Most of them, it's just a matter of there is not a clock on the show, meaning on the episode. And there is nothing telling us how much time has passed. And if it's something that they go that they cut from one scene to the next, the character has gone from, I don't know, uh, has gone from Winterfell to Dragonstone in one scene, you can assume that the time has passed, that they didn't instantly teleport. That's editing. It's how that works. Um, but they have never on this show done something where they had like two weeks later or, you know, November 17th or whatever the, the dates would be so that you can keep track of the time. Well, and part of it, right, and part of that is, I was going to say, part of that you can maybe lay at the feet of George R. R. Martin, whose own books are taking, or I guess, um, as I understand it, events happen faster than he planned. And so while you were expecting to see characters, or he was expecting to see these characters age through the series, you know, characters started out the series at eight years old is now like nine years old, and he had expected them to be older. And so you have events transpiring in the books at a slower rate, and they're adapting them into the TV series, and they they are not legally allowed to suppress the growth hormones for the child actors. <laughs> and so you can't say that you can't look at brand season one and brand season seven and say that two years have passed. Right. Right. But yeah. The best is, is brand in season one. He was probably barely five feet 
as you know, he's a young kid and now he's, he's, I think he's five eleven in real life. So, you know, I mean, when you, when you have someone that's aged that much, you know, growing from childhood to adulthood, um, you know, in seven years, that's going to happen in real life versus a, a static, uh, book. Well, and also I think part of the issue with the whole, uh, time slash travel thing is that in previous seasons, uh, they had the opportunity to do those cuts uh, between episodes. So you would, you, you'd have gone a week since you watched the last show and then come back and, oh, they have they've traveled from King's Landing to Winterfell. Okay, fine. Uh, whereas with, when you do it in within an episode, it feels a lot faster, if that makes any right. sense. Right, well, I get right. it. Yeah, I'm so I was saying one of the things that I, I felt when watch, doing the rewatch uh, that I did um, with it, with have, with this constant complaint and, and, and argument online about time. So I was very conscious of the time that was passing on those rewatch episodes, and you know there it's almost the opposite. Where my God, how long? How many years is it taking Sam to get back to uh, to Castle Black? Um, and it, it starts although, to become although wax on, wax off, or or, or, or yeah, how. <laughs> Well, at least Arya's, Arya, I could understand, actually made a little more sense because she was just like living on the streets for a long time, and that could have been months or, and or a year. And you also can't from... learn to be an Uber assassin. And, and right. right. But it's just that we didn't need to see it, I guess, as much no, as I, they I showed know what it. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they could, where that's something, I guess, if you want to make an argument, they could have, if they chose, to uh, leave Arya out for a season the way they did Bran. Right. Right. Um, but uh, but just in general, things were much slower in earlier seasons, and the fact that they didn't have a gradual ramp up, they just ramped it up quickly. I mean, at this point, we're not really going to see new characters. There, I don't know that there's a whole lot of new insight to be learned about the characters that we do know. Uh, so you know, and that was an advantage of say having the travel, uh, lengthy travel time with uh, Tyrion and Varys getting to. Uh, marine or, or what have you, uh, but they're they're kind well, of trying to wrap up for the resolution now, and so it makes sense that they they skimp on some of those other things because it shouldn't be necessary in the seventh season. Well, but, but that doesn't mean that there were not some things where they were clearly forcing the issue. I still enjoy it when they call me my lord. The thrill will fade if we live that long. Men without cocks. You wouldn't find me fighting in an army if I had no cock. What's left to fight for? Gold. I spend my life around soldiers. What do you think they spend that gold on? Family. Not without a cock, you don't. Maybe it really is all cocks in the end. Yet your brother has chosen to side with the cockless. Yes. He's always been a champion of the downtrodden. There's two questions that I would have, which is, one, do you think they regret not finishing off the storylines from the book that they got rid of? And examples would be the Griff, Lady Stoneheart, the King Beyond the Walls, final arc in the book compared to the story in, in the show, or Stannis' final story, which ends a little differently than it does uh, in the show. Um, and then the second one would be, 
do you think it would have been better had they not decided to make the truncated seasons? And the question is why they did decide to make truncated seasons instead of going 10 and 10 like they've done, you know, from one through six. I don't think, unless I hear from them, I imagine they had plenty of time. Most of these books, except for I think the last one, were in existence before the series started, right? Yes. And yes, the last one came out in the middle of, I think, season one or two. I can't remember where. I forget. And so they've had, and I'm sure they probably have extensive knowledge of The Winds of Winter, which is the unpublished book, because that is kind of, sort of, almost, in theory, finished. Yeah, um, we, we, can, we can assume that the manuscript is, is pretty complete, except uh, the editing. So they probably have had and said, well, look, is anything going to happen with Griff? And if he said, no, not really, then they dumped it. Like, here's the, the, the Valonqar, right, which is this prophecy that uh, Cersei will be strangled by uh, the little brother. Was never in the TV series. Right. That was, that was left out, that prophecy was left out, but everyone's assuming it's going to happen. I assume they left it out because they have the time. It would have been you know, another 60 seconds to one scene in the beginning of season five. Because either they felt it would have been telegraphing what was Cersei's fate was going to be, or because they wanted to do something different with Cersei um, than, than that prophecy would entail, and everyone's expecting this to, or, to, or, to be. Or Mike, but I assume that there's a reason no, that they dropped it. Mike, Mike, well, there's a third one, too, which is that everybody just thinks all these prophecies in the book are true, and maybe not all of them are true. Maybe there is no um, Azel, whatever, or this, this thing that you're talking about. Maybe um, Cersei is not supposed to be killed by either brother, ever. And it was just a red herring in the book, so why even put it in completely? You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so it could be doing something different with Cersei's or it, it was just a red herring and they didn't, or it was a telegraph, as you said. So, right. But the point is if they got rid of something at this point, I don't think they got rid of it for budget or time. I think they got rid of it because it was not fitting into the overall story arc and part and or apparently Martin did because of the whole time thing was going faster than he planned, put in all these extra storylines deliberately to slow the pace of the story down so that his characters could, could age up to where he wanted them to be. And you look at the complaints that people had in seasons, you know, two, three, four, five, was how long are they going to be on the roads? I wanted this to happen. When is Danny ever going to leave Marine and come to Westeros? When is all? And so people, it was just the opposite complaint. It just was never as vociferous um, as the complaint about it going too fast. Um, the moral of the story is Game of Thrones fans are whiny bitches. <laughs> well, like any other population, right? It's a, it's a large bunch of people, and it's not the same people necessarily complaining. It's different people complaining. The people who were complaining before it was going too slow are probably happy now, and the people who are complaining it was it was who thought it was going fine just before are now saying it's too fast. You just switched who are the ones that are complaining. You, know, you're, oh, you can never please all the people all the time. And are they going to regretting it? Given the, the amount of viewership and uh, awareness and the amount of public chatter about Game of Thrones right now is probably higher than it's ever been before, I think they're crying all the way to the bank. I don't think they, they have any reason to, right. to regret it. And... You know, if people are going to complain about it, they'll just say, "Oh well," and and you know, it's that there's that meme of uh, Woody Harrelson crying his tears into a pile of money. Right. You know that that's that's 
that's exactly what you're going to be dealing with here. So I'm not. It doesn't make mean that they're right because you know we can point to other series where the showrunners are perfectly fine with what they did and they screwed up royally um, by most accounts, but they're fine with it. Now, so, um, um, yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. Um, and I do. Uh, th- well, I was going to finish my I was going to say, we're uh, complaining about uh, it, but there's a lot of good stuff that happened this season. Um, my, my other point was is that um, Gene Roddenberry, right? He's the guy that did Star Trek, Mike? Yeah. Okay, and, and George <laughs> Lucas did Star Wars, and George R. R. Martin and the two uh, Double Ds did the books and shows of this. But a lot of these things now have passed their creators and become... Um, more than that, right? Because, you know, Roddenberry and Lucas and Martin and, and the Double Ds did what they did, but these things live on even after those folks either are not part of it anymore or even if they're part of it, uh, it lives more than their uh, creation. You know, it becomes its own entity. And so I think that may be one of the reasons why Eric there's people that are whiny bitches for any of these series, you know, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings will be another, I guess. And, right. uh, is specifically for that fact where people don't really care anymore about who created it because they, they just keep on living on even without the creators involved, which is kind of an interesting thing. They, I mean, they take a life on of their own in a sense. Mm-hmm. Well, the difference is that with star Wars, uh, definitely with star Trek, um, these were things where the creator's role is important, but a little overstated because with things that started out in a, in a TV or film format, there was a lot of cooks in that broth. And there was a lot of the stuff with Star Trek, if you look, the more hands-on Roddenberry was, generally the worst the series was doing. Um, that there were a lot of others that deserved credit for it. With Game of Thrones, you're talking about a, a, what was a, for a book series, a large and devoted audience for a guy that pretty much was the author. Everything had his fingerprints on it. Yep. And, and so now these are people who are coming around later and, and just kind of you know, doing it on their own. Um, so I, I, I think they have a little bit more of a valid criticism or concern or complaint. Now, Mike, you mentioned that um, even if you know some of this is is just um, constructive criticism or just us being those whiny bitches that Eric is mentioning, um, you said that this season was still pretty damn good. Am I correct? Well, it's Game of Thrones. There, there's a lot of good stuff. I don't know where I would rank this season yet in terms of my overall satisfaction uh, compared to older seasons because a lot. A lot changes with rewatch. I think maybe the third season might still be the more near the bottom of my pile. Um, over the fifth, really interesting. Over over the fifth because there's actually stuff. But see, like the fifth was one where we complained a lot about at the beginning because it felt like they were dragging their feet, and nothing was happening, and then a whole bunch of stuff like Hard Home happened at the back end of the fifth season. Well, that, that's the thing that's interesting about this this series is that. By judging it by season is arbitrary because it's, you're just judging it because those are the ten episodes that happen to be released back to back. But this whole series, it's specific scenes and specific episodes that stand out no matter what season they they actually fell in. I feel right. So uh, yeah, I, for me, it's 
most of my complaints about this season stem from one particular episode, um, which is uh, East Watch. East Watch. East 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 Watch. Most of the the criticisms I think are relatively minor and and more easily explained or rationalized away, and I, I can deal with it. Um, East Watch was the one where, yeah, it felt a lot of where, where like there was some I thought bad stuff on screen as opposed to just um, that that felt like it was perfunctory, lazy writing or scripting right. or storytelling. All right, very well. All right, so. Um so what, what do we want to discuss right now? Do we want to um, discuss the seven episodes? Which, you know, uh, we, we put up a, a little spreadsheet in advance how we were going to talk about it. Uh, like one is order the season's episodes, best to worst, or I should say worst to, to best. Um, uh, did you guys do that by any chance? Yeah. I have it in my head, I think. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, Eric, uh, why, don't, why don't you... Um, how are we doing uh, this? Well, give me your rankings of the the seven episodes. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna read this by in yeah, order do, in order from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Title name followed by my ranking. Does that work? Yeah, that's excellent. Okay, so I started the season with Dragonstone. I had that as number five. Then we had Stormborn. I had that as number four. Then we had the Queen's Justice. I had that as number two. Then we had Dispoils of War. I had that as number one. Then we had Eastwatch. I had that as number seven. Then we had Beyond the Wall. I had that as number six. And then we had The Dragon and the Wolf. I had as number three. All right. Very good. Um, Yeah. um, I have my rankings um, a little different, but not not too far off. Um, Obviously, yeah, the worst was was Eastwatch. Um, I felt that was like a reboot in the middle of the season. Um, I felt um, um, number six was was Dragonstone, and um, even though it, I liked the Hound scenes in that, it was a little slower. Um, number five was Stormborn, which is episode two. Number four was um, Dragon and the Wolf uh, because uh, I felt um, well. It, I mean, it was good. It's just that I, I, it, I felt I felt um, the three ahead of it were, were a little better. Um, um, yeah, I screwed up my whole list here, so we got two fours. <laughs> uh, all right, so, so let, me, let me just read off. Uh, all right, so East Watch was worse. Seven Dragonstone was number one, which was which was six. Stormborn was five. Dragon and the Wolf was four. Three was Beyond the Wall. Two was Queen Justice, and the Spoils of War was one. And uh, so okay, I had so the Beyond like the, the Wall. You, you like Beyond the Wall much better than I, but other than that, we're about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what about yourself, Mike? Mine's actually pretty close to Phil's. Um, East Watch, I was just an episode that was overburdened and had too much to do. That was the one that most needed another episode. And I think I said in the last episode, like you had the scene where Tyrion finally meets Jamie, had no emotional weight to it at all. Yeah, it's way too um, short too. 
well, it was way too short, but it, you just didn't feel it. You didn't feel what you should have felt with these two characters coming together. You did, I think, end up feeling it when they finally met again in the in the finale. Um, Dragonstone, I had, you know, I, you know, I keep a notebook of every episode, uh, and this had the fewest notes of any episode I did. And we had a kind of a meh feeling when we watched it because we knew it was just sort of a hey, we're back, welcome back come on in, settle it in, and that's all that really was there to the episode. Um, then I have Stormborn, uh, and I really had trouble remembering what happened in the first three episodes, because um, they were relatively uneventful in a lot of ways compared to what happened later in the season. Um, and then I had Queen's Justice, and then I had Beyond the Wall, which I admit I may be ranking a little more highly just because that was the one we saw together. Uh, but there were moments I really enjoyed in that one. And then Dragon and the Wolf, the finale, because I thought that really hit all the character moments perfectly. Uh, and then finally was Spoils of War, uh, the Loot Train episode, because it was just awesome. So we all we all had the same best and worst. Yeah. 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 And, and to be honest, uh, the the five in the middle um, are fairly interchangeable depending on what you like you know i mean if you, yeah i you think like, uh you you both like beyond the wall or rank beyond the wall significantly higher than i did and i think that's because i had so many issues with uh plot holes in that episode whereas uh, i think you were guys a little more forgiving than i was well i still would debate how much those were plot holes so no all right, whatever. Yeah, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't like to... Um, uh, you know what it is, Eric? I'm, I'm just being more forgiving because I, yeah, I couldn't stand the the red shirts and the plot holes really pissed me off as well. Um, you know, the spear and why doesn't he just kill them all with the, yeah. the, the, the spear and on, and on and on. And, yeah, but, but the only reason I rank it higher is just because at least the action was pretty good and I like the the conversations between the characters, even if some of them were a little forced. And um, mm-hmm. I, I like seeing Gendry in, in a style. I, I like the beginning well. of Beyond the Wall just fine. Like the stuff of them walking and talking in the snow, that yeah, was all yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's good. when the uh, when the White Walkers showed up that stuff started to get hinky for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and there was a lot of, um, what do you call it, um, uh, Chekhov's gun, which is when Jorah says, if, you, if we kill them, the Night King, maybe all the zombies will die then, you know. So, well, but now of course you're you're jumping to an assumption that that's how that's going to play out. And and you're you're absolutely right, Mike. But it wouldn't surprise me. Um, well, but here's here's why it would surprise me if it did because didn't they show you earlier in the season, uh, Kyburn inventing a big ass dragon gun? Yeah, but some may say that that was a setup to show that the dragons can get hurt. Yeah, I think it actually may have to have a payoff later, but I just don't think it's going to pay off in the way that you intend for it to pay off. And I'll get to what somebody had, su- had suggested on another podcast later. Well, well um, it paid off in the sense that it showed that a dragon get, you know, get hurt. So when the Night King was able to throw a spear it and actually hit it in the heart instead I, of the I, wing. I think I know where Mike's going with this. Oh, all right. Um, all right. I, I don't know if you want to bring it up now. or, or Well, if someone, if someone had suggested on uh, the, the Game of Microphones podcast yep. uh, that what if you put a spear made of dragon glass. Right. And use that to dispatch uh, Viserion. 
So what, what, what do you mean? Uh, a, a spear with dragon glass? Oh, I see what you're saying. That would kill... The right, that that, okay. that that might end up being the way to get rid of Viserion. Okay. Yeah, but that... that yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Um, though, uh, well, because I I don't know if I vocalized this or not, but I had been thinking before they took down Viserion in because I don't remember what I've actually said or where I've said it anymore because of the amount of Game of Thrones conversations we've had, which is that if you have something like Dragon Glass, if fire can defeat the the creatures of ice, does ice defeat the creatures of fire? Right, is, or is there some similar weakness that you have on the opposite side, since these seem to be mirror images of each other? So, is there a weakness that the dragons would have? Is there a weakness that, you know, uh, Barak Dondarrion would have? I think this was back when we had the conversation of the idea of fire whites. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what had me thinking along those lines. So... Right, right. Is, which, there, is, which is still a weird thing, that people would come up with that theory, because... There's a difference between the walking undead and people who have been resurrected, right? Well, somewhat, yeah. Well, yes, but no. I mean, uh, if you remember Hardhome, uh, the Night King brings him back. He just does it a little differently. He has his whole uh, his hand thing, uh, which is badass. Uh, he just doesn't do a whole little ceremony. All right. right well, yeah, you, but but it appears that the ones that are brought back by the fire god are have have generally the same. Um, that's mind. true. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's true. Well, well, but there but there are they are different gods, right? So by the mythology, as I understand it, you have Raylor is the god of light, the god of fire, and the god of life, and then you have the other god, the, whatever he's called, um, is the god of death, the god of ice, and the god of darkness. So. If Raylor is the god of life, when he brings you back, he brings you back alive. Whereas the other god, when he brings you back, he brings you back as undead. So, so and, and, and Mike, that's the the scene between Stannis's wife and the Red Witch, right? Where she explains this. She's a witch. Uh, I'm just going off for something I, stuff I read off the internet now, so I don't know which. Okay. Which is, by the way, part of the problem is that so much of this show does can depend on you really. Understand doing homework outside of the show because I don't know if all I did was watch the show, if I would have and, and, a good good grasp of the whole thing with Robert's and, Rebellion. And, and Mike, that does 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 it even apply certain things from like you said? Does do stuff from the book and theories from the book apply to the show if they were never mentioned in the show? And, and I would say if they haven't mentioned the show, no. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's not necessarily something that that they have to be beholden to. Right. Killed a few puppies today. Show them. Come on, show them. Oh. Apologies, my lord. Old fingers. Rosalind caught a fine fat trout. Her brothers gave her a pair of wolf pelts for her wedding. Signed, Walder Frey. Is that bad poetry, or is it supposed to mean something? Rob Stark is dead. And his bitch mother. Write back to Lord Frey. Thank him for his service, and command him to send Rob Stark's head. I'm going to serve it to Sansa at my wedding feast. Your Grace, Lady Sansa is your aunt by marriage. A joke? Joffrey did not mean it. Yes, I did. 
I'm going to have it served to Sansa at my wedding feast. No. She is no longer yours to torment. Everyone is mine to torment. You do well to remember that, you little monster. Oh, I'm a monster. Perhaps you should speak to me more softly then. Monsters are dangerous, and just now kings are dying like flies. I could have your tongue out for saying that. Let him make his threats. Hmm? He's a busy little man. Lord Tyrion should apologize immediately. Unacceptable, disrespectful, and in very bad taste. I am the king! I will punish you. Any man who must say, I am the king, is no true king. I'll make sure you understand that when I've won your war for you. My father won the real war. He killed Prince Rhaegar. He took the crown while you hid on a costly rock. The king is tired. See him to his chambers. Come along. Tired. We have so much to celebrate. A wedding to plan. You must rest. Grand Maester, perhaps some essence of nightshade to help him sleep. I'm not tired! Let's uh, do a little fun stuff then first, which is best supporting player of season seven, and that would probably be someone that I guess isn't necessarily in the main credits. I don't pay uh, attention to the credits. Well, so I'll, just, I'll just tell you who I have. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I chose Bronn. Okay. Because Bronn, Bronn, Bronn uh, was Jamie's right-hand man uh, this season, and really, Jamie would be toast without him. So, And he had some good lines along the way, so I, I chose Bronn for best supporting player. And, and to be honest, uh, whether he's a supporting player or, or considered a main cast member, which I think he actually may be, it, this season showed that his character... Is is really um, not only a, a a great character, but um, the actor is, is great, and 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 he, you know, all these seasons that he's disappeared for a while is unfortunate. Maybe obviously it's probably because his character wasn't involved, based off of the books and whatever. But it, it's a loss to the show, I think, too, not having him there. So uh, that, I think that was a good pick, Eric. I, on, Mark. I did like there was a meme uh, out there which was. Uh, Tyrion saying, "Remember, my I promised. Whatever they're offering you, I'll double it." And he said, "And to which uh, Bronn replies, they have a picture of him replying, I was offered a castle. Where are you going to get two castles?'" And then they cut to a picture of the twins. Yeah, right? I saw that. Which was uh, uh, what do you call where Walter Frey died? Yeah. So, and I guess that, that is always a possibility. There is a way they can get Bronn back on their side. <laughs> but um, Bronn definitely gets the the best humor of the season and. Probably that now the series because a lot of the, the funny people have stopped being funny. Right, and, and I think he actually may have had the best action scene of the whole whole season too. I mean, that yeah. scene between yeah, that's where, true. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome scene. His run uh, through the battle to the uh, to the scorpion was pretty intense. Yeah, and and then when he got on the scorpion too, and he opens the thing and the music changes, on, yeah, yep. it was pretty cool. And honestly, it would have been I. Again, dramatically, I think it might have been better if he had not made it out of that battle. But um, I, I, I'm never going to say I don't want more brawn. So, right. Well, you know what? I, and again, I, I, I don't know, but 
I'm, I'm assuming that the books, whenever they're out there, uh, or up here, uh, will have more characters that we meet. And so a lot of characters probably died in that battle that were never introduced in the show, yet seemed they were important in, in the show, while Bronze character in the show must have something big in season seven because he made it through season six. Um, so in other words, they would have more than just, you know, Tali one and Tali two. Um, they would have been fully developed in the books. And so when they die in the books, it'll be shocking. While when they die in the TV show, it's not a big deal. And so when someone like Braun survives and it's like you said, Mike. It's like, gee, no one died really in the in this battle, similar to Hard Home, for example. Well, they only really uh, knew three people in that battle, yeah, unless you exactly. got Tyrion, who was off on the side. Right, and so my, my, or you can even say four if you want to throw Danny in. But, but yeah, in the book, I bet you there's going to be like ten characters of significance, and then they can wipe out six or seven of them, and we'll be shocked because we've become to know them and because you know in a book you can introduce hundreds of characters and and keep them up to date uh, but that's just a guess um, um well I, yeah i i went with something more obscure i mean obviously this this season didn't have as many supporting characters of note um as, as prior seasons where we, for hot where you know the season that hard home happened you guys picked that danish actress that played the wiling woman and i picked shireen or serene or whatever her name is as as outstanding for limited role um so i i had only two people i thought of in this this season which were the two tallies and so i i'm choosing sam's father because i felt uh the small screen time that he had I thought about him while i was doing this yeah, yeah i thought he was pretty damn good uh, because he had dignity when he died he stuck to his guns um, he wasn't a coward and on and on. And, um, I, I liked them as a character, not, uh, didn't matter the actor that played him, uh, played him how I, I expected he would have. So, uh, I would say him, um, Braun, I was thinking of too, but I knew he was a main character. Um, what about you, Mike? How did you go and do it? Well, if it's a supporting character, um, I would have liked more hot pie. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, but yeah, but he was good. But but it was really only you know just the the one scene. I'm trying to think. You know, I, I, there weren't a lot of small roles. There's, a guy, in there's this. another actor that completely changed from when he was originally on the show, right? Yep. Yeah. There weren't. Well, he originally was bullying Arya, and he almost got himself stabbed in the gut. Um. You have really? I would probably I would probably go the other way, and I would go with Dickon. Uh, first of all, because he gave us that priceless uh, Braun moment of laughing at his name. Right. Uh, and, and I still kind of wish that they had uh, Drogon laugh when he mentioned his name before being executed. But uh, I, th- I think they gave a little bit of a conversation with him and Jamie right before the, uh, the Battle of the Lou Train that kind of gave you the perspective of the ground troops. And I, and I appreciated that. But um, the real MVP of the, the season were, of course, the visual effects team. Yep. Yeah, very well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another thing about this, this season. We didn't have a lot of supporting um, characters. Most of them were, were part of the, the main cast. 
Um, well, that's that's Cersei's fault. She blew up half the cast last season. Yeah, that's true. Uh, sp- speaking of the main cast, and I, I, don't, I don't know if we, we prepared for this, but uh, who's the the best in, in the main cast? Um, oh, I year? got a choice. All right, go ahead. Uh, I chose Jamie. Yeah, he was good. I, I thought he had a really great uh, character arc this season. I thought he the actor did a great job of portraying it. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome one. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I was I was thinking him too, um, and and Cersei's. I mean, the Lannisters have just been awesome the past two or three years, seasons. Um, but um, I'm choosing Bronn uh, because I actually have him as the, part of the main cast, and um, he was awesome. Um, and I almost chose the Hound too. Uh, he was pretty good too. But but he was. But I compared that this season with. It's him and Arya. So yeah, um, I'm going to go with Bronn because, uh, as I stated, stated a little while ago, his him coming back and, and making such an impact this season was, was pretty damn good. Uh, though uh, there's been a lot of great ones, like you said, Jamie. Uh, I thought the Hound was good. I think Kyburn was awesome this season. I felt uh, a number of others. Uh, Cersei's, of course, too. Uh, Mike. Um, Eric stole my thunder, and I don't want to repeat because I would I would have said Jamie also. You're allowed to uh, make the same pick. Well, yeah. I just I just want to give different perspective. All right. Um, how about Drogon? Let's go with Drogon. Oh, okay. All right. Most memorable moments of the season. Almost all of them featured Drogon. So let's go with Drogon. <laughs> okay. All right. He, yeah, he can't true. say he wasn't integral. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um. So, um, what, what's, uh, part of season seven really, um, uh, was the, was the, the best storylines and the worst storylines in you guys' opinions? Um, well, for worst storyline, I'm going to go with Sam. Uh, I was really disappointed. He finally got to old town, was doing what he'd always wanted to do. Uh, then he, uh, scrubs a bunch of poop. And plays Jorah, and that's it. It's like I don't know. I don't know what he thought that was going to be like, but I don't know why he was so ready to bail. And really, the only motivation, story-wise, for him to do so was to to take that piece of information uh, about John. But it seems like I don't know. <laughs> they could have figured it out without him. Um, I mean, what, what I was really hoping for Sam at Old Town was for him to discover the secret of how to forge Valerian steel. Um, I, I really wanted that to be in the cards for Sam so he could figure that out and Gendry could forge a bunch of new Valerian steel weapons for them to fight dead with. Um, but they didn't go there. So uh, I thought Sam's storyline uh, with the very little that he got to do and then his willingness to just completely basically quit school in the first semester uh, was kind of a bummer. Because his, because his teachers wouldn't listen to him based on one letter. <laughs> right, right. Now, um, Eric, um, um, I, uh, are you referring also partly, or, or did you think of this yourself, about the rumor that uh, Jura could have uh, gone to Valeria, the, the town that's now in ruins, and be able to bring back the steel that Sam would be able to know how to 
have Gendry forge because he would be immune to um, dra- dra- uh, what is it called? dragon stone whatever the stone man disease because um, he's been cured of it. Uh, no, had nothing to do with that. Okay, just curious. I um, hadn't even heard that until just now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's been one of the things. I I'm not I one of the re- I'm not one of the Red Bull Reddit people like you, Phil. Well, I well, thought, no, neither I, and I, but I'd heard it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I think it's. Uh, I, th- I even thought it was um, Storm or Spoilers, but it, it it may have been another podcast that I listened to. Uh, it could have been uh, the Game uh, of Thrones podcast, the Friday edition. I yeah. I don't retain all of that stuff. Gotcha. All right. Um, what about the best storyline, Eric? What do, you, what do you think was the best storyline? Uh, again, I'm going to go with Jamie. I, I really enjoyed his arc this season. Yep, very good. All right. Um, yeah, uh, for me, I felt the, the weakest was the the Baelish stuff, um, and somewhat um, included with that would be the Arya Sansa stuff, because I felt all the characters um, didn't act like I, I would have expected had it been an elongated season or a season where we would have got further backstory than what was presented to us. Um, and plus there was a lot of plot holes and I felt too, because all you had to do was go over to brand and speak to brand and no one ever did. And that was just bizarre. And Baelish I felt, um, was, was, was trying way too hard because historically, as we've seen, he can wait for years before he strikes and years where he sets up things before he does things. And, and it was just, I don't know. Um, I, I felt it, it was, it was a bad storyline. Um, uh, just, uh, just, just a note there. Yep. I, pre- I predict this is not based on anything, but I predict that that storyline will be in the book. Uh, and it'll be much more apparent as to why things went the way they did. Uh, in George R. R. Martin's writing, rather than one season television, that's that's what I would agree with too, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when when one season of writing was only seven episodes, where they couldn't um, add additional stuff. Um, and for uh, the best storyline, um, I would state that. Um, um, Yes, I am saying it. I I think I think um, the Cersei and Jamie combo storyline, which includes Kyburn as well, um, just that whole thing where um, and and that's part of his what you said, Eric, which is basically his whole storyline was really his uh, worried about the reality of the situation and and how Cersei's. Even if she is pretty smart and some of her ideas are pretty good, she's fucking it's, kooky. It's kooky and it's not honorable. And at this point, Jamie is is you know a completely different person than we saw in seasons one and two. Uh, ever since he's met Brienne, where honor is everything. Um, and and that's another cool thing about this season was Brienne says fuck honor because at certain points honor doesn't matter. And that's when Jamie says, you know, it's the seed is planted. And then when Cersei says, oh, oh, we're not actually going up north to help. That was all bullshit. I think, you know, that, that was that was it. And, and um, his last scene where he's 
uh, leaving was pretty damn good. I felt with the snow coming down, uh, just yep. making making it more um, impactful uh, on his decision and and how desperate everything is. Um, Mike. Um. Well, again, I'm gonna. First of all, again, I, I will register my complete disagreement on the uh, Sansa and Arya storyline, but it's related to that. My worst storyline. It includes Baelish too. Includes Baelish. And Baelish, I understand that. Problem with Baelish is that when you write a character that's that smart and that clever, the writers have to be that smart and that clever. <laughs> um, and that's a really tall order with with Baelish. Um, with but but related to that is is whatever they were doing. And you could argue this goes back, oh, I don't know, seven seasons, and that's Bran. Um, it was cute when they bring him in, and he's, you know, Bran on mushrooms or LSD, and he's freaking out his family. And then they, like, put him in a closet, and we never see from him again, or hear from him until the final episode. Um, and we never really get a good sense if anyone outside of Bran and the audience really understands who and what he is. And probably getting rid of Mira was a problem for that because she could have maybe explained to everybody else or we could have seen her explain better to everyone else who he is and exactly what he can do if he, for right. some reason, is unable to do it. Sam was, and, Sam was a great audience surrogate in the last episode, though, when Brand told yeah. him he's a three-eyed raven. And he goes, oh, uh, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Right, and that's that's the problem. And you say, well, why didn't they go to... They could have just gone to Bran and asked him. Well, we know he could have gone to Bran and asked him what was going on. I don't know if everybody else understood exactly who and what Bran is. He just said some weird shit that creeped people out. I don't know if people understood the extent of what he could do. Uh -huh. You know, that that he could have seen what he did in the... You know, what Baelish did in the past. Mm -hmm. And and that's where I think they fell down on, on him completely... And, um, th and it was just a, a failure of imagination, I think, to really figure out a way. It felt like, uh, do we know what to do with him? Because, like, he's, like, now way too powerful. He's going to ruin the story if people actually talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. In which case, then he should have maybe made it to uh, Winterfell a little later in the season. Mm. And that would have been... A little better. I don't know. It's they clearly don't know what to do with him, and that that annoyed me. And if they kill this kid off before he, without him playing a big role in the finale, I'm going to be royally pissed that we wasted all that time to have one good moment with hold the door. Mm -hmm. Um, best storyline for me. I'm just going to go through everything kind of dragon related, which is basically leading up to the fall of the wall because you did have everything setting one episode, setting up the next setting up the next. So starting with the not using the dragons and how that leads to their failure to using the dragons, uh, in, in the loot train, uh, and the, the, the use of the scorpion, which doesn't work, but it does kind of set up what comes later. I think in general, though, the most satisfying moments of this season generally were dragon related, you know, and we were all, I remember, you know, that, that holy shit moment when he brings the dragon out of the ice. Uh, I don't care where if you where the chains came from. I can explain <laughs> that way. Well, I think part of the problem is you we don't know what's going on with the Ice King because the Ice the Ice King isn't not the Ice King, the Night King. 
because he has his generals. They all seem to be sentient. They have these drones, but they're not as mindless as your normal zombies. So we don't know. Do they have their own visions and prophecies? If you know, they have the agenda, it's unclear as to what it is. Well, because we're not spending any time with them. The one right. time we've gotten a scene from their point of view was when the baby was abducted back in season, I think, four and turned into a, an ice baby. Well, not abducted, but, but I see. I know what you mean. But we're not the putting baby, him on trial. The baby, the baby was given to, by Craster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't a true. Under, du- un, uh, under duress. It was offered. Yes. It, it was, it was offered. Uh, under yeah. duress. I don't know what you yeah. mean, duress. Under duress, I mean, meaning they, 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 they gave they the say, baby so they wouldn't die. Right. It wasn't like, you know, it's like, hey, that's a nice baby you got there. It'd be awfully bad if something happened to it. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> that, that, they, they, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, here's my baby. I'm happy to give, you want a baby? I'm giving babies away. Anybody want a baby? Yeah, right. it was, I, 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 yeah. Just, I understand now. Yeah. Okay. I see your point. But so, yeah. Um, so, so we don't know what's going on from their point of view and to what degree. Uh, we are getting Rylor moving things below the wall down south. And moving pieces, you know, to go above the wall and giving visions and all this other stuff, but not necessarily always that clear, and therefore accidentally sometimes resulting in children being burned alive. We don't know to what degree the the dark god is manipulating things above the wall and how he may or may not be, be communicating with their actions. So we don't know that he have a vision telling him, go here and you'll get a dragon, right? There's all sorts of ways to justify it or look at it. We don't really know what they've been doing, how they've prepared, what uh, they're working with. So I'm perfectly willing to say, like, well, what have they been doing all this time? Don't know. That's the answer. We don't know. There's no reason to think they were ever coming in a straight line directly towards Eastwatch. So, I, so none of that bothers me. Did I hurt you? No. You were lovely. It all happened so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared. Maybe I hurt you. It sounded... No, like... no, no. You're very sweet. The sweetest king who ever lived. This is all I want to do. All day, every day, for the rest of my life. (laughs) Wouldn't that be glorious? (laughs) Shouldn't we rest a little while? Just to catch our breath. There's no rush, is there? Of course not. Are you hungry? Should I have them bring you some cake or pomegranate juice? No, I'm fine. I just want you all for myself. I want to know everything there is to know about King Tommen, first of his name. King Tommen? Still sounds strange to me. Hmm? Does Queen Marjorie sound strange to you? So strange. Husband. Wife. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it feels odd. I'm the king. I've married the most beautiful woman in the world. (laughs) It's all because my brother died. No one mentioned um, the going to capture the white. Um, I, I honestly... That, that was runner-up for worst storyline of the season. Yeah, because I, I was curious what you guys felt of that, because yeah, on, on the internet and blogs and other podcasts, everybody was saying the stupidest thing ever. It was pretty uh, stupid. For, for, for two reasons, I guess. One, because they're taking a chance to and where they could all get killed. And two, Cersei's ain't going to believe it anyway. Um so is that, is that what you meant, Eric, when you, when you thought it was a bad story? Yeah, it just, I, I, the chances of Cersei suddenly saying, 
oh, well, now let's all work together. Uh, clearly, these people don't understand Cersei. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Well, maybe, well to be fair, they, the, the only one out of them that does know Cersei is Tyrion. And he's it's, the one who came up with the plan. Yeah, that's well, the problem. What about what about Sansa too? She kind of does too. So you you would think she was that she wasn't involved in the plan, right? So so that makes me even more curious. Where they agree to do this plan, where Tyrion wants to do it, where his own sister wants to put him on to death row, mm-hmm. and they didn't bother even speaking to Sansa. So it's like, where did anybody come up with the idea that this would be a good idea if the one person who says let's do it may even be um, suspect because maybe he's just trying to get back in with the Lannisters. I mean, that's one of the little storylines that they've been kind of alluding to yeah. this season. And two, when the other person they don't even talk to, which is Sansa, who seems like she pretty much knew how Cersei worked, and they just say, yeah, let's just do it, without really discussing it. It was, it was Again, this may be because season seven is a little quick, and they didn't have the debate that would have gone three <laughs> episodes. Well, well let's year. remember what's, what episode was it where they make the decision. Eastwatch, which was our unanimous decision for worst episode. Right. But I think it's an overall problem with the, uh, the, the, the storytelling. And uh, the, the, the plan was so bad that not only did it not get them the goal they were aiming for, which was an honest truth with Cersei, um, but they lost a dragon in the process. So not, not only did they lose a dragon, they gave a dragon to the Night King. So that's a fucking problem. And now the wall came tumbling down. Uh, so yeah, yeah, bad plan. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had literally had like a week before this discussion on the internet. Because someone said, well, why don't they just get some evidence of the White Walkers to get people to believe them? And it's... Um, well, was this before or after Sam left Old Town? I don't remember. Okay. But, I don't know, whatever it was, it spurred. I said, well, what evidence? They, the last time they encountered the White Walkers was in um, uh, Hardhome, and they were lucky to escape with their lives. They didn't have a chance to stop and think, well, maybe should we take some, a souvenir back with us? And they don't have iPhones. You know, they can't take pictures or video cameras and oh, no, I don't, so there's no no spy satellites up there right exactly so what exactly are they going to do that's what they want you to believe and, and the only thing they could do is, is capture a live one and i don't see anyone who was at hard home saying yeah that's a good idea and sure enough you know a week or two weeks later let's go capture white sure that's a good idea i'm i am perfectly willing to be persuaded Tyrion didn't make the argument the people who should have argued against the argument didn't make the argument. You know, and the funny part of it is that now Danny's mad at John because of it. It wasn't John's fucking idea; it was Tyrion's idea. Right now, they, if they had, you know, Jorah because he's Jorah, and whatever Danny wants, Danny gets. I'll get you a white. I could understand people have never dealt with them coming up with this plan, but the people who were there should have argued against it vehemently. And there, it feels like it was just a matter of how can we manipulate this to get a kick-ass action scene and give up a dragon. And maybe if they had simply um, 
said, we know where the army is. Let's go wipe them out. Which admittedly would have eliminated the whole march of the wall, or a lot of it. You wouldn't have had the question about the timeline. And they could have gone. They could have tried to kill you know, the army. They would have taken the, down the dragon. And they would have realized, we well, better get the fuck out of here before he takes the other two dragons out. And maybe in the process, have somebody having the wherewithal to grab a white to try to prove that because they're going to now need they know now that they need more help that it can't just be their particular armies to do it that might have made more sense to me as a way to get to the same exact point through a different route however i will mention that it's easy to second guess <laughs> oh it is it, none well, of us make a living writing television and there's probably a reason right you're right it is and, and I, I i i have defended a lot of the, the writing and it is easy to second guess. No question about it. We're also not being paid to do this. And we aren't given weeks or months to ruminate and debate and discuss and figure out ways to work on this. Right. So there, 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 there are two sides to the story. This is not my full-time job. And this is not something <laughs> I've been obsessing over. This is something that came up with me just bullshitting here with you guys. Right. Yep. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And, and again, we don't know if this is going to be in the books. And if it's in the books, obviously, as you stated, Mike... I mean, you stated, Eric, about um, the Sansa, Baelish, Arya storyline. If it ever appears in the books, it'll be obviously much more um, filled with details and whatnot, just as, as this one would, too. Um, well, this is, I, and, and this is, this is again, Eastwatch, and as I was saying offline before, if I had missed Eastwatch and just tuned in the next week to, to um, the next episode... And seeing the conflict between Arya and Sansa and the, the going north and all that. I would have assumed that they did a much better setup than what they actually did. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I'm mostly fine with everything that happened as a result. It's just that it was really ugly to get them into those positions. Sure, sure. Um, now, um, we, we, this was, you know, we have the, the best and worst storylines or whatever. Uh, what about the best scene? Or uh, what did you guys think was the best scene? Because there were some that were pretty oh. damn good. Um, I'm going to say that my favorite. Let Mike scene... go first. Mike hasn't oh. gone first on anything. Go ahead, Mike. Stick a finger in her bump? No. Um... <laughs> oh, I forgot about that scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? You, Mike, you said the first three episodes, we, we forgot a lot of the shit that was in. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, see, for me, and I, I know Phil will argue, but I really did like the scene of Arya confronting Sansa in Arya's bedroom. Um, I enjoyed that scene a lot. I thought it was a suspenseful scene because I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, and it was just a character scene. It wasn't something that relied on on a lot of special effects and whatnot. So I, I, I think I'm going to go with that one. Um, although, obviously, it's not one scene, but a almost an episode-length moment is the... Uh, the meat at the beginning of episode seven. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Um, Mike, no, the scene was good. It's just that I don't think the build up to get to that scene, um, enough was there to, to make me think it was real. It didn't feel in, in place for me that, but the scene itself, if you just take it as a standalone scene, yeah, it was a good scene. Um, I just thought thought the whole storyline. I, I think was there was garbage. a lot of unresolved hostility left over from season one between Arya and Sansa, so I never had that problem. To the point where they would want to kill each other. I, don't know. I, I didn't. They, 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 they didn't say they were going to kill each other. 
she, she caught. She, I, she, she, I but she, with, the, with the knife right there in that scene. Well, if she all did, right, but she didn't. All right, Mike, let's just stop because Eric's going to get pissed because we're just going to be retreading over and over and over the same crap that we argued last week. Um, but yeah, the scene was was good uh, generally. Um, yeah, for me, um, though, um, I, I think the, the the best scene, and it was a there was a lot of good ones. Like again, the Braun one, run the poop whatever. montage. But the, my favorite scene was probably when. Jamie and Cersei's are talking and he tells her that Elena killed Joffrey and it wasn't Tyrion and all oh, that was cool but even better than that was when Jamie says it doesn't matter they're all dead she's dead who cares if and if we don't do anything about it we're going to be dead too and that whole scene I thought was pretty good because it immediately um squashed any concern about the past and it brings the whole truth to the front which is we're in trouble and we got to do something and so i I thought that was a damn good scene uh because i thought it meant um i thought it was more important than elena telling the truth to jamie because again as i said when we discussed that scene earlier in this podcast um a couple weeks ago i stated she's dead so who cares she's dead you know she can put a knife in whatever, but she's dead. And then Jamie saying she's dead and we're going to follow suit if we don't do something. And it also, Eric, it made me have to retract everything about the Dothraki and all that stuff. And and that's the Lannisters. Go back and and listen to episode four of this season to, to, to hear the whole debate between Eric and Phil and myself about the Olenna scene and the dragon and all the rest of that. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to retract because even Jamie said, "Yeah, yeah, we we, we have no chance." <laughs> so, um, what about yourself, Eric? Uh, I I mean, this is really predictable, but I got to go with the uh, the battle in episode four, uh, where I finally got to see a dragon lay waste. Uh, I've been waiting seven seasons for that, and it did not disappoint. Uh, there was one shot in particular of. Uh, Drogon traveling from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen, just laying waste to everything in front of him, which is just one of the most awesome things I've ever seen in my life. So I really enjoyed that battle scene. Even after meeting me? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, And a lot of people are going to probably state that that episode was the best episode of the whole series. I mean, it's definitely it's, a top it's up 10. There. It's, yeah, up it's definitely there. a top 10 for sure. But some people say it was one of the best. It, it was the best. So, and, and, it, and anybody who says so isn't necessarily wrong because that they, no, I, a, a I, good I think when you, when you talk about the top 10 episodes of this of this series, it's all yep. a matter of opinion. I mean, a lot of yep. people have the same 10 episodes in different orders. Right. Yeah, that's right. I would agree. Um, and again, it's a, it's, you can argue it's like a plateau, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, everything, you know, the top 10 are on the same plateau. So it's like, it's all arbitrary, which one you pick is as the best out of the top 10. Um, it's like comparing Mercedes to BMW. It doesn't matter. Um, now, um, surprises. Um, and I think, I think this may be one of the biggest surprises, Mike, because, uh, we brought it up at the beginning, um, 
of the podcast back when we uh, first started season seven, which was Cersei surviving. Uh, we all thought that this season was where the Cersei's problem would be eliminated and the next season would be the Night King. Now, this this appears to be completely different what's going to happen now. Um, and I think that was a big surprise. Another big surprise, I think, is obviously the death of the dragon because now one of the old theories from the book, which is who's going to be the three, quote-unquote, good people to ride the dragons, not... Well, the Night King. here's the thing, though that that I don't think that uh, prophecy necessarily specifies good people. It just specifies three dragon riders, and if you include the Night King, then boom. Right. Well, and and to be honest, you, you figure if there's three dragons, there's going to be three people riding them anyway. So it's like, is it's really not a surprise that we're going to have three riders, even though we right now we only have two, because. Um, eventually you figure someone was going to jump on to the other two dragons. And you're right, one of them is, appears to be the Night King. Um, what about Cersei surviving and, and all that? What did you think of that, Eric and Mike? Uh, I mean, it's fine. Uh, I don't think she's, she's going to make it till the end of the series. Um, but it's... Uh, but I mean, this season, was it, was it surprising that she actually made it through the season? A little bit. Um, I thought she'd get some comeuppance, and she really didn't. Yeah, yeah I think there was, there was a certain point in the season, and I don't know which one, uh, at what point it was, but it was a certain point in the season where it was pretty obvious that uh, she wasn't going to go, that they weren't going to resolve this storyline. Right. Yeah, if, if anything, they, they've made it even more, not convoluted, but, but more um, uh, focused. Right. Because, well, because because she's now playing the real villain, you could argue even over the the Night King. Right. In a way, they they resolved. Not that I can't admit up to being wrong, because yeah, this didn't play out as I expected. But in a way, they did resolve that storyline. They just resolved it in a way differently than we did, which is with an armistice until uh, this the Night King situation is resolved. Right. So they still dealt with Cersei, sort of. They just dealt with Cersei by thinking they, they formed an alliance with her. Right. Which is the, the surprise, because we thought they were going to deal with the storyline, meaning. Was right, they, they would have closed Cersei's it off. first, yeah, before the Night King, but it appears it may be the other way around, possibly. And, and who knows how this ends up playing out, because uh, maybe they will, maybe they won't end up uh, back at war after this whole thing is over. Maybe there will be another resolution that presents itself. So I kind of expect... Uh, not that we're doing predictions right now. I kind of expect that Cersei's going to lose her funding from the Iron Bank, uh, and maybe losing her army, and maybe maybe she maybe she just she dies and is assassinated, and that's going to resolve the storyline. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, look, you have Jamie on on now has left her side. You have the North aligned with Daenerys, and I think that the real conflict is going to be uh, discontent on 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 Danny's side. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. There's too many players on Danny's side. You're right. So there could be some discontent over that. That's a good point. And I did think it was interesting. Someone posted this uh, and had me think, uh, and I don't remember where it originally came from. Which was a picture from the very first episode, I believe, of the season, right where you see Cersei has that map painted. Yep. And it ties into that whole Valencar thing, which said that you're uh, basically the little brothers. Uh, 
fingers will be wrapped around your neck or something like that. Which so everyone thinks this means that Tyrion is going to strangle her, and then people say, "Oh no, it won't be Tyrion going to strangle her. It's going to be Jamie that's going to strangle her." Well, th- this picture of them on the, standing on the map has Jamie standing on the fingers, which is where Littlefinger is from, uh, which is in the Reach, uh, not in the Reach, in the Vale, and it has Cersei standing on the neck, which is where the the twins, uh, the twins are. Right, and so well, what if that actually maybe Jamie maybe it means literally those places on the map. What if Jamie leads the forces of the Vale, since Littlefinger is no longer there in charge of them, to cut off Cersei's army at the neck? That's a good point, right? Yeah. So as so again, a lot of times these prophecies play out in ways completely different than we were expecting. So maybe it's referring to geography instead of anatomy. Basically, the, the people who write prophecies are really unclear. That's true. Yeah. And and they could just be lying cheats trying to get a buck. Could, make be. Those, Could make be. For, fortune tells. Oh, come on. Those are all real. <laughs> That's right. They, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yes. Um, now, a um, uh, storyline that I thought was uh, one of the, the uh, most heartwarming, I guess you could say, was uh, the reunification of the Stark children and John finding out they're all alive. Um, I, think, I think everybody from season one going forward, especially since... Ned Stark was the focus, and the Stark um, in Winterfell um, storylines were probably the main storylines, and probably you could argue are still to this day. Um, a lot of people have a lot of affinity for the Stark uh, folk, and so when they united, I thought that was pretty damn good, especially at the end of season seven, episode seven, where everybody was happy again and liked each other. Well, I particularly enjoyed that uh, Sansa and Arya were finally able to uh, communicate on some meaningful level and uh, bond as family members, even though they didn't get along when they were kids. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, and and I agree with that, Eric. I mean, because, you know, there's a big difference between being stupid 12-year-old kids and being an adult, you know, 20 years later, 10 years later, or 50 years later. I mean, if people still have hatred of somebody from their childhood when they're adults, depending on what it is. I mean, if it's not, if it's just stupid squabbling versus Clegane's. evil. <coughs> Clegane's. <laughs> well, that, that, again, that, see, that, that's, that's different. Weird. Yes. That, it's like I said, Mike, a squabbling versus malevolence. It seems like you know, you, you can get over the squabbling. Well, again, uh, you know, it's a big thing with Arya was that she got one of her friends killed. So is it that 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 that's that's more than just squabbling I- indirectly? But she, she was like a ten year old child. That that she was, and she had a hand in that. I, I you you could understand her holding resentment for that. Well, I I, I don't know. I, I see your point. You're absolutely right. That's a good point, but. I don't think the butcher's child was killed because Sansa said he's a bad person. He's the one that did it. It was simply Joffrey said, I'm killing the butcher's child after the whole thing went down. It doesn't matter. I think you're you're looking for nuance that she isn't going to be seen. As an adult. She, what does she remember of the events? How does she? You have to. She doesn't change her perspective of, of of the events as she gets older, especially if there's nobody around to see it to present it to her from a different point of view. 
Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Even though it appears that they they now are adults and they, they look at things a little differently now, based off of what we saw in episode seven. Well, again, she didn't come after her with the with the the sword and kill her right away. But if you watch her a couple of times in earlier episodes where she's talking about Sansa in the same context as the people on her list, she's not on her list, but she's still not happy with Sansa. Um. And right. I don't know if she knows what to make of Sansa. And there's a lot of stuff that happened with Sansa she doesn't know or didn't understand. So, uh, right, right. We, yeah, again, that's another huge flaw of this season, which is half the time they interacted, you would th- think Sansa would say something that we all know, and we're screaming at the television set, why aren't you saying it? Or Well, because Bran- I don't think, because a lot of people don't do that. I mean, I've had enough... No, no, that's not what I mean. Like, remember how there was the scene where they were talking, and you would have thought Sansa would have said, um, "Yeah, I, after I bet Joffrey found out what he was and that he was a monster and all that." You know, she didn't say any of those things. We we discussed this Are back. You guys still arguing about Sansa? We're already. waiting for you to get back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we turn that page. But but either way, um, the stocks getting back together was pretty damn good um, because I think. George R. R. Martin honestly has made the books to be mostly um, part of um, the stocks as the as the main storyline, even if Absolutely. it is an ensemble cast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, um, w- um, what did you think was telegraphed um, easily? I mean, I mean, the whole Jon Snow thing. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Really and, it was yeah. coming from a mile away. Right. It's been coming from from years away, right? We've saw this yeah. eventually happening at some point. Um, well, and, and, and you the, know what's funny, Mike, is is that all the people who read the books had predicted it even before it even made it to the show, and so when it showed up the first time in Brand's flashback, it was all right. We all all right. There it is, and yet they still tried to hold it back until this season, which is where she actually says. The, the the name of Jon Snow, uh, you know, his baptized name, whatever you want to call it, and and whatnot. And it's not really suspenseful, right? Because we all knew. And right. even, even a season ago, never mind all the people who said so even before the show even started. Well, I remember saying this, I don't know if it was back in season three or season four, saying that I could see them putting Danny and Jon together. Part of the, the whole thrust of the show has been, and people have talked about... Uh, you know, oh, the women are in charge now. Well, it's not so much the women as it has well, been. I'm not, Mike, that's a different thing, though, right? That is putting no, Danny not, and, and, and you're John not, together. I wasn't talking like, about that. I'm just talking about if Jon Snow was who Jon Snow's birth. Oh, but, that, was. They re, but they revealed that they revealed that to us last season. The only, the only difference was that they get they told us they were married. Okay, so you you're talking about something completely different. I'm, so I'm talking ahead. about everything with John and Danny. Okay, go ahead. Then. It was pretty. It was pretty easy to foresee. And I said the whole thing with the show has been not that women are now in power. It's that anyone who was at the beginning of the series, one of the, the downtrodden or the looked down upon, uh, the the bastards or the, uh, you know, the the fat guy exiled to the wall, the dwarf, the dwarf. They've or, or yeah, they they've all been put into new positions of power and strength and all the people, the entitled people, the inheritors, um, they're all gone, right? Whether they got a molten uh, golden crown dumped on their head or uh, got their head lopped off 
or blown up in a uh, big explosion of green fire, they've all they're, they're all gone now. And it's basically the people that should have been the the lesser people, the dirty people, <laughs> the unwashed and unloved. Right? They're they're the ones in positions of power now, and that's where it's been going. And so it's not a surprise that this is where we are now. That you have or even Cersei, right? Cersei was the one that would never have, because she was a woman, was never going to have power in her family, except as a broodmare. Yep. And, and now she's queen of, of the, the whatever realms are left, queen of the Seven Kingdoms in theory. According to her. According to her. <laughs> which is something she was never going to be allowed to be. I'm confused. Yep. What are we talking about at this point? Well, say so. In other words, it was for casting that that these were going to be the last players standing because they were John and was one of was was the lowest of the low at the beginning of the series, right? He was. They continually reminded us, of, oh, the bastard! Hey, bastard! How you doing, bastard? Good morning, bastard. Well, like a cup of coffee, bastard. Everybody referring to his bastard. We're all reminding us as where he was. So of course he was going to end up being one of the ones who rose to the top, right? So that was yeah, telegraphed years ago. Okay. Same thing with Danny, sold off into slavery, right? right. They killed Danny off in the entire arc of that uh, first, whatever, six seasons of her in Essos would have made no sense whatsoever. And and we did know, yeah, no kidding. We did know that Danny was going to be the powerhouse because the moment the dragons were born in season one, you figure that they were going to eventually come about and, and do something in the future mm-hmm. and her dramatic, um, I guess coming out of the fire kind of gave her some plot armor too. I think, even though again, this is game of Thrones and anybody could die at any point, but a good point, Mike, which is, yeah, if they killed her off while she was still in Essos, then what? I guess Tyrion would have got the dragons or something. I don't know. Well, I guess, but but see, I think now the plot armor is gone. Right. Because before there was really no one who could step into her shoes because they're very tiny. Um, I think Jon Snow maybe could do that now. He is so, very short. Yes. Uh, and he might have very petite feet, although uh, we all know that uh, he agreed, we seem to be perfectly satisfied by the size of his shoes. <laughs> I thought it was that thing he did with his mouth. Oh, that too. So he, so to be clear, he, he did know some things. The lady's starting to panic. What are you doing here? Not here for long. I'm going. Where? Some place that isn't burning. North might be. Could be. What about the king? He can die just fine on his own. I can take you with me. Take you to Winterfell. I'll keep you safe. Do you want to go home? I'll be safe here. Stannis won't hurt me. Look at me. Stannis is a killer. 
The Lannisters are killers. Your father was a killer. Your brother is a killer. Your sons will be killers someday. The world is built by killers. So you better get used to looking at them. You won't hurt me. No, little bird, I won't hurt you. Now, um, what, what storyline surprised you guys? Um, Mike, why don't you start? Um, you start because I don't. I can't. I okay. give me a minute to think. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, well, um, I would state. I would state that. I guess the a, a couple. I mean, there's a lot of them. Like like the Cersei surviving through the season surprised me. Um, again, this is all before I read the Red Bull and Reddits, and. Um, also, I think the biggest one was probably um, the three dragon riders allied with Danny storyline disappearing, and where one becomes, um, I guess the, the the undead, a beast of of the Night King. That that was a, a I was I would have never expected that. Uh, because everybody who reads the books was, was saying, oh, it's going to be Bran, Danny, and Jon Snow, or Tyrion, Danny, and Jon Snow. And and then it's not that at all. And that's like, holy smokes, that's a big change compared to what all these book people predicted. And these are the same people that predicted that Jon Snow was actually, a, you know, uh, Lyanna Stark and, and uh, the Mad King's grandson. So um, I thought that was a big one. What about you, Eric, since Mike's still probably thinking? Um, I'm going to go with the same thing I said for Worst Storyline, which was uh, Sam's arc this season. I, I mean, really, he, he, he got everything he wanted by uh, getting uh, taught to be a maester and just fucking gave it up because he was frustrated. Um, I, I, I hated that. <laughs> and, and I also didn't see it coming. I thought... Sam was going to play some much more significant part in the whole thing, uh, which he is not. I mean, he did take some books mate with him. Maybe he's got a secret in a book somewhere that we don't know about yet. Uh, but as a whole, his storyline really uh, surprised me and disappointed me. Well, I right. think no matter how much they're fast forwarding, he wasn't. It was. It takes years to be a maester, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think that was ever going to happen. So I kind of saw him leaving at some point after he got some important piece of information. Well, yeah, but that's not why he left, and that's the part that disappointed me. Yeah, and also the the thing that's odd about Sam, okay, fine, he and Gilly, um, for those who, who want to give Gilly credit, um, discovered that uh, there was an annulment and a pro- secret wedding. Okay, fine. But all that still could have been just thrown out the door, and they could have gave everything to Bran, and, because Bran could have went right. into the past and saw the wedding just as he went into the past and saw the birth. So it it was just uh, unnecessary um, when you really look at it. Well, it would no, need, need to know to look for it, I think, and that's the, that's the catch. But yeah, there's there's they could easily have done that. Uh, I I just hope that there's the, you know I, I'm just hanging on to hope that uh, he took the book that has the secret of Valerian steel in it or something because uh, otherwise that thing was uh, just silly. Well, you do know I don't know if you're aware of this that. 
way back in, I think it was the start of season, it was season four. They started with the two swords being forged out of Ned Stark's sword. Uh-huh. Yep. So it was the reworking of Valerian Steel. The person mm-hmm. who did that was actually the guy that Gendry was apprenticed to. Right. Okay. So Gendry may know how to work Valyrian steel. Not necessarily create it, but at least to rework well, it. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's, here's what I don't understand, and here's what I think the, the majority of people on Westeros don't understand, which is what makes Valyrian steel Valyrian steel. It can't be just that it came from Valeria. Right. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. There's got to be some, I don't know, carbon content or whatever the fuck uh, that makes Valyrian steel what it is. M&M's. Um, they put M&M's so, uh, he, he might know how to melt it down and reform it, but uh, what really the, what they really need to know is how to make regular steel into Valyrian steel. Well, I'm just right. saying this is this is one step. So once they figure out how to make Valyrian steel, they have someone who could forge it, and there right. is where uh, we, we we have one person who can do that, and we know right. him, so that's cool. Right, right. No, but that's a fair point too, because yeah, you could say all right, let's say that it's not something lame like. It's the it's steel that can only be found in Valyria, um, which is is the Jorah going because he's immune to the stone disease now and whatever. That's one rumor. But let's say it's a, an element. You know how they make bronze. You know, there's a couple of elements together and it makes bronze or whatever. If someone finds out how to do it, and then they could have all right, they have to go mine that new element, or maybe it's a common element that they have. Maybe it's uh, dragon glass. That would be fucking awesome. True, true. That would be weird. Yeah, because steel and and stone mixed um, would be a curiosity. Something and then welded with magic or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Unless unless there's something more than Sam simply finding out that Jon Snow um, parents were actually married and not. Uh, not um a bastard mm-hmm. then then and like i said you could just throw that with with brand if they wanted to cut a whole storyline out of the no there, there has to be more because because by the way you could just easily say brand go rewind way back to you know valeria and see how to make drag uh make valerian steel but right right they, they got sam gathered up all those books for a reason he said we need to look at all the books everything that talks out all about the the White Walkers, and we need to examine them and see for a way to beat them. So I think that's what he took. So right. the, the answers will be in there somewhere. So yeah, he has a role to play beyond just this one. I hope so, so that hope a, so. that actually makes makes a, another minor flaw or nitpick, depending on on your perspective, which is as you said, Mike Brand is just a way too powerful character, and they're just not using him correctly. Or they right. should have explained something where he's way powerful, but he has to be shown to. You know, well, and here's yeah. and yeah, and here's the thing. I don't think it's a flaw. I think it might be actually uh, a way to finally make his plotline interesting. Uh, which is, I mean, when Sam showed up, he had this little tidbit of information, and he was like, "Yeah, Bran, go look at this." And Bran went and looked at that and verified it. So if Sam's got his stash of secret books, he can be looking shit up and going, "Oh." Well, I found this out. Go get me the details, and and Bran can go see it through the trees or whatever the fuck. Um, and the two of them working together can probably use Bran's power in a more targeted manner than Bran just trying to 
see everything and put it together himself. Right, and I think like when I when this came up, um, I talked about I thought that he was limited to seeing what happened around the weirwood trees, and I guess that's how it starts. But then they can expand the power beyond that. Well, but I think like you look at the the what's her face dying that he saw. There's a tree outside, so he could pop up at the tree and then run up the stairs and, and go see it. You know, if you the wedding happens outside the weirwood tree, if you have a limit on power, right, where, like, he can only see what happens in the general vicinity of those trees or within walking distance of those trees. He can go come out the tree and go walk to that event to see what happened. Mm. Then that puts a reasonable limit, and he can't know everything, because what's to stop them from saying now, oh, hey, Bren, nice to see you. Could you do us a favor? Could you scroll back to uh, King's Landing about, uh, oh, a week and a half ago and see what Cersei was saying to Jamie and whether she's really going to stick with this, this treaty or not? Mm-hmm. There, there's just too many things that can be... That they that he can use this for, you know, on top of using you know all the animals in the world as his eyes. Well, I was going to say he's actually an extremely powerful character. Um, like you said, he's he's a warg. He can he can warg into any animal he wants. Uh, he's a green seer, and he's he's the three eyed raven. Uh, he's he's extremely powerful, um, but nobody really realizes it yet. Uh, so maybe that's coming next season. Yeah, or it yep. better it better fucking be. I'll say that much. Otherwise, this whole plotline has been a waste of my time. Yeah, it's 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 been a, a bizarre storyline. Uh, so hopefully it'll pay off. And they kill Hodor for no reason, right? Well, and to be honest, Hodor's storyline would be mean nothing too because right, he's just right. A, he's just an extension of his of entire Brent. life. His entire fucking life from the time he was a kid and Bran created this fucking time loop, his entire life was dedicated to that one moment of holding that fucking door. <laughs> it's like one of the most tragic stories ever. Yeah, yeah. And and it's boring because it, it's that's his existence, right? Is that he lived his life to save somebody else's. And so that makes, oddly enough, that makes you know Hodor an inspiring figure. And the idea that he would sacrifice his life for someone who will amount to nothing right. would, would just be terrible. Um, that would, he, he that would be a huge fucking bummer. Uh, he could have killed Cersei when she showed up at King's Landing. Yeah, although he wasn't the best conversationalist, we all loved Hodor. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Your brother is dead. Do you know what that means? I'm not trying to trick you. It means I'll become king. Yes, you will become king. What kind of king do you think you'll be? A good king? Hmm. I think so as well. You've got the right temperament for it. But what makes a good king? Hmm? What is a good king's single most important quality? This is hardly the place of the time. Holiness? Hmm. Baelor the Blessed was holy. And pious. He built this sept. He also named a six-year-old boy High Septon because he thought the boy could work miracles. He ended up fasting himself into an early grave because food was of this world and this world was sinful. 
justice. Yeah. Good king must be just. Oris the first was just. Everyone applauded his reforms, nobles and commoners alike, but he wasn't just for long. He was murdered in his sleep after less than a year by his own brother. Was that truly just of him, to abandon his subjects to an evil that he was too gullible to recognize? No. No. What about strength? Yes, strength. King Robert was strong. He won the rebellion and crushed the Targaryen dynasty. And he attended three small council meetings in 17 years. He spent his time pouring and hunting and drinking until the last two killed him. So, we have a man who starves himself to death, a man who lets his own brother murder him, and a man who thinks that winning and ruling are the same thing. What do they all lack? Wisdom. Yes. Wisdom is what makes a good king. Yes. Now, what about the season finales for this all seven seasons? Uh, most of them have been fairly um, important, obviously, or yeah, dumb, depending on your, your perspective. Um, what? How would you rank the worst to the to the best? Uh, because obviously, the dragon and the wolf. Um, some would probably say is somewhere in the middle. Maybe they. Some will say it's the second or third best. I can't believe anybody would say it's the best unless that last scene in the episode said, oh my God, that makes this the best episode out of the, the seven seasons finales. Um, what, what, did, what did you have him as ranked? Um, Eric, why don't, why don't you give your opinion on how, from you know, worst to best? All right. Uh, worst, I picked uh, the finale of season three. Uh, when Danny does her crowd surfing. Um, after that, uh, season two, when Sam sees the others walk past. Uh, after that, season one, uh, with Danny and the dragons and Drogo dying. Uh, before that, I've got uh, season five, when John dies. And then I've got season four, when Tyrion kills Tywin. Followed by Dragon and Wolf and the Wall coming down. And the best season finale was The Winds of Winter when the set blew up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that sounds like a pretty decent list. Mine's a little different. Um, honestly, I think the most important season finale is probably season four, uh, The Children, because that's when Tywin died. And I think his character's death literally shook up the entire story. Uh, if he was still alive, I think everything we see since season four would be completely different than um, what we have now. But um, so, what was your? You, but but do, that's do, do, I, do that's it in the same favorite. order. Do it the that's worst, not, the best. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I just want, well, that's the thing. I had two orders, and I, I which was one which is the best to the the worst to the best, but then the most important. And I just wanted to throw up my number one most important was probably the children because of Tywin's death is, was just humongous to the whole story. But for my f worst to the favorite, um, I agree with you, Eric. Uh, season seven, uh, Misa, 
was 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 the worst by far. Seven. I mean, season season three, uh, okay. which yeah, that that was the worst by by far. Uh, that number seven. That, that it was my number seven. I don't know why gotcha. I said it. Was, right. Yeah, uh, that was terrible. I thought. Um, uh, Fire and Blood number season number one. Um, I, I know it was cool to see the dragons and all that, but um, and Drogo's death and all that. But um, um, I think I think the other seasons I'm about to name were just better. Um, um, so nothing against it. It's just that those others that were better. Um, I have. Um, uh, the Dragon and the Wolf, which is season seven, is my fifth favorite. Wow, um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it was because of some of the same reasons you ha- had issues with episode six of season seven, which is nitpicks and stuff like uh-huh. how the, the everybody in the room except Baelish knew that it was really Baelish on trial, and okay, all right, and in the yeah, and the length of um, the meeting, even if it was cool. Um, there, I, I don't know. It was just um, like when the hound and the mountain met. I felt that fell out of place, and and Euron, how what he did, and this and boy ruins everything. Well, and Cersei's having a plan where it makes it look like he's he's leaving because he's scared. When in reality, he's doing something else. And I don't know. So it was good. It's just that I think the next four that I'm going to name are, are better. Okay. Um, uh, I got number t- season two. Uh, Vala Morghulis, because I just love that last shot of of the episode when we first see the the others for the first time. Uh, I mean, real close, and he looks at Sam, and it was the horror f- that we see there, and it's like, yeah, that 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 really was was pretty cool. I felt. Um, I have uh, the children. Uh, season four is my third favorite, even though I like I said prior, I think it's the most important. Uh, if, if I did it by importance rather than favorite, uh, because Tywin's death again is just just was like unbelievably huge, and it also wiped out I think the character I hated the most out of the entire uh, show, which is Shay. I just couldn't stand that character. Um, <laughs> she was so annoying. Um, and then I have. But she was you know, hot. She was pretty good looking, not as hot as most most people on the show, but yeah, she she was hot. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then number. F- Five Mother's Mercy, I have as as number two. Um, that, that's Cersei's atonement walk and John's death, and then of course the same as you, Eric, Winds of Winter, uh, because of uh, what Cersei's did it was it was just amazing. And Tommen's death was like holy shit because right. as uh, after rewatching um, episode four of season four multiple times uh, with the about the purple wedding. Uh, the episode after that, where we find out that Tommen could be, like Cersei says it great, she goes, Tommen could be the first worthy person in 50 years to to be on the throne. <laughs> and and had he been a little older, he probably would have been the best leader out of everybody on the show, because he seemed like he was a decent human being with a, a good head on yeah. his shoulders. So he was just too young. You too was too young. He got puppeted yeah. by too many people. Yeah. If if Ty again, that's why 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 I said number season four is the children with Tywin, Tywin um, dying, fucked everything up because Tommen would have never been killed, or or any of those terrible things happened if Tywin was still alive, even if Tywin was a scumbag. Well, um, I don't. I, but I don't know that he ever was going to be strong enough. That's that's the catch. He's he's, well, so, he, he's he's well, kind of the he's kind of the flip side to. Uh, 
What's your to risk? Joffrey in that he was he was he was kind, but he was weak. Right, right. Well, and that's the thing. I think in age would have made him stronger and uh, or more wise. It's just that he was still too young. Um, but uh, we can discuss that in a little bit because uh, Eric wanted you to do your list. Yeah, I would say the worst was. No, here's the problem. We remember the finale for the final scene, and there's awful, and it's it's hard to remember now, even having just done the rewatch, all the rest that's there. So, um, like for example, season three, yeah, Misa wasn't the best ending, but it also had a lot of stuff in it, like um, the you sent the most powerful man in Westeros to bed without a supper scene, and that might oh, be that, my. That... No, no, that that was. No, that was that, was, that one. That, that was season four. No, that was season three. Because oh, oh, the penultimate. You're, right. you're, you're right, yeah. Because yeah. the penultimate episode was The Red Wedding. And this is yeah. actually. And The Red Wedding, as an episode, yeah. is, is an okay episode, except it has The Red Wedding in it. So this is actually might be the one finale I prefer to the penultimate episode. But, uh, or one of the few. But I would probably put um, the. War, I would say my least would be the second season, uh, because it's all, you know, marching to the. To see the uh, what do you call the the wildlings and the aftermath of Blackwater, and it would just it, it even though the the moment at the end with Sam seeing the White Walkers is cool, it just wasn't quite there for me. Um, then after then after that probably would be the the season one, and then probably season three uh, with Misa and and all the rest. And then it gets, that's where it starts getting hard. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, as much as, and I really like all of these episodes, so this is tough. I would probably go Dragon and the Wolf, and then the children, no, wait, not the children. What was the season five episode finale? Mother of Mercy. Uh, What was that? Mother of Mercy. Mercy. Mother of Mercy. And then. That's, That's the walk, basically. Yeah, and then probably. Winds of Winter, and then The Children. So The Children, children was, your, was your most favorite, then? Yeah, well, The Children, probably, because The Children not only has the, the, killing of, the killing of Shay and the killing of Tywin, uh, but it also has... Uh, oh, The, the Mountain, right? The Mountain, oh, no. has, yeah. uh, The Hound and, and Brienne having their fight. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. So I, I, I probably put that. It, it could be that one. It could be Winds of Winter, either one. It's really hard to tell. Right. But those are also ones, again, the better ones are the ones that really have something significant happen after, because they're always the aftermath episodes. Right. And that had the bigger, that have somewhat bigger events also happen or equally important episodes happen. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And, still, and still in general, season four, beginning to end, because season two is, the, episode two is the Purple Wedding. And then yeah. in between there you have the trial and everything else, and that's still my favorite season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a it was a damn good season. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. That actually may be the best season of the whole series, to be honest. It's pretty. Yeah. And, and now, admittedly, season three is probably my least favorite, but it's doing all the heavy lifting and setting up season four. So right. it's weird. Yeah, but but it had had the the great um, the well the, yeah you're right right because it it's. Yeah, well, Caitlin was, she was so terrible. But, um, 
but yeah, the Red Wedding was pretty good episode on that season. I felt, um, but yeah, yeah, all right, that's fair, that's fair. I mean, I could see why some people didn't like it because of the stocks. Not saying I didn't like it, I'm just saying it's not my favorite. It's as strong, mm-hmm. yeah, right, right, yeah. The stocks were just screwing up left and right because of stupidity. Nothing to do with the bad. I'm not, I'm not getting into that argument again, Phil. So you, you, you've got. I don't remember the argument. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Over whether or not to kill the the Karstark and 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 the the Lannister kids and whether or not uh, oh well, well he's it was a traitor just, and all the rest of it. It was just a double standard that that Rob had with his with his mother and and his bannerman and and I think that was a major problem with his leadership and it's just stupidity well, to marry he the, paid the, for it. He, yeah, and he married the woman when he shouldn't have. That was just pure stupidity too. And he paid and, for it. And who did. told him not to? Oh, right, Caitlin. Caitlin, uh, well, Caitlin was the one that got him stuck in that thing in the first and place. And that's all way in the past. It's right. all like several seasons ago. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's a fair point, Eric. That's a fair point. I did what I did for the good of the realm. The realm? Do you know what the realm is? It's the thousand blades of Aegon's enemies. A story we agree to tell each other over and over till we forget that it's a lie. But what do we have left once we abandon the lie? Chaos. A gaping pit waiting to swallow us all. Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Many who try to climb it fail. Never get to try again. Fall breaks them. And some are given a chance to climb, but they refuse. They cling to the realm, or the gods, or love, illusions. Only the ladder is real. Climb is all there is. Now, um, what? What? Um, I, I, I put a couple other things here down. Now, who would you like to be in the Game of Thrones if you had to choose a character to be, uh, whether they're dead or not? Um, who and why? Uh, because last week uh, Michelle Barkley asked us who would we marry, and, and I had Sansa, and, and uh, you both had um, Marjorie. Um, who who would you have been if you could have? So Eric, and why? Uh, I'll go with Drogon. I'll be a dragon because I get to roast shit, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Get to fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right. just got to avoid all the things flying at me, and I can learn how to zigzag. Yeah, that's good. What about yourself, Mike? I'm gonna go with the I don't know his name, the head banker at Bravos. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he's wealthy. And he, he's and wealthy. He's never get killed. And he's not in any of the fights. No one's trying go. to kill him. Everyone's trying to curry his favor. Everybody wants his money. You know, I'm never going to be able to live to a 21st century standard of living in Westeros that I would want. Yeah. But if I have to live in shitty conditions, I'd rather live in shitty conditions with a shitload of money. And not be a peon that's going to be killed in some mobile's war, or or I don't. I would hate to be you know like a hot pie who gets just traded away for 
to pay right. off the dinner bet. Yeah, dinner. Yeah, so, oh, we need you pay off the dinner here. You take this boy as your servant for forever and all time. You know, it's uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't know that. That's who I want. Right. And I liked how he always would say. The guy always says, "Oh, you don't have to call me a lord. I'm not a lord," because he doesn't want to want want to have to deal with that shit either. So yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Like, would have never thought of that one. Um, I mean, actually, I thought about it a lot, um, and I, I don't. I didn't go real deep into thinking about it, but I just felt like uh, Rob Stark because really, yeah, because I huh. I would not have done any of the stupid things he did, and he was a a powerhouse on the battlefield. And he had a lot of loyalty ba- backing him had he not fucked up. And so, you know, I just wouldn't have married that woman. And I would have... Um, I just would have banged her and let her have a bastard. Well, I, I, I don't... I don't, <laughs> I don't... I don't... Wasn't he already marri- mar- married when, when she got pregnant? I can't remember. Yeah. But, no, he, he was pledged to be married. Yeah, but when he b- banged that other chick and got her pregnant, wasn't he already married to her? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was already married. Okay. Yeah, but he, then, he's saying you would have just you would have married the the fray girl and just banged yeah. her on the side. Well, I, you probably wouldn't have to because you got to choose any fray girl you want, and the and the uh, the one that was chosen for his uncle was hot. So you know you were gonna do. <laughs> he, he was he was fine. He was fine. So, so yeah, yeah, until you so found you, out she didn't like Sansa, then you would divorce her. Well, that didn't happen. It had nothing. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, so um, yeah, so that would have been. Good because, and I think I think also, um, um, yeah, you know, he could have done a, a lot of different things, and he would have been five, and he would have probably won the war because uh, he was, or at least declared full independence from the north, and never had to worry about the south again. Um, so yeah, Rob Stark, uh, he just had some bad advice, and and his he let his balls instead of his heart, uh, his brain control him for a couple of times scenes there. Wish to confess your crimes? Yes, my lady. I do, my lady. Sky cells always break. Speak, imp. Meet your gods as an honest man. Where do I begin, my lords and ladies? I am a vile man. I confess it. My crimes and sins are beyond counting. I have lied and cheated, gambled and whored. I'm not particularly good at violence, but I'm good at convincing others to do violence for me. You want specifics, I suppose. When I was seven, I saw a servant girl bathing in the river. I stole her robe and she was forced to return to the castle naked and in tears. If I close my eyes, I can still see her tits bouncing. When I was ten, I stuffed my uncle's boots with goat shit. When confronted with my crime, I blamed a squire. Poor boy was flogged and I escaped justice. When I was twelve, I milked my eel into a pot of turtle stew. I flogged the one-eyed snake. I skinned my sausage. I made the bald man cry into the turtle stew, which I do believe my sister ate. At least I hope she did. I once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into uh, a Predictions. Brothel. Predictions. What, what do you guys th- think is going to happen in season seven? Anything um, that would 
surprised us because now we have two villains, uh, or at least we assume are villains because we can assume the Night King is a villain. So, what is is going to happen uh, in your opinion? What what options could happen? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but I I have one thing that I'm haven't heard people talking about a lot. Um, so I want to kind of put it out there because there's a whole bunch of obvious stuff that people are saying. Uh, but uh, if you'll recall that uh, the witch kind of fucked off uh, to go wherever she went to find out about something she was interested in. I yeah, backed up Bravos, right? I think so. uh, it wasn't Bravos. It was the other direction. I believe. Oh, oh, but Essos. I meant. I yeah, meant Essos. Uh, yeah not Essos. Uh, I think it was the other side of the continent. Oh, um, okay. yeah. Well, off the map. Uh, so I believe, and she said something about she has to come back here to die. So I predict that she will find some important magic slash secret slash piece of information uh, that'll be key to the battle between Danny and the Night King and bring it back to Westeros and then die. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. If she dies, will she be executed, assassinated, or whatever? But that's that's a good point because the witch said that she's got to come back to die. So well, and she uh, she said it meaningfully to Varys, who looked kind of spooked by it. So maybe he's going to die at the same time. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because Varys is is actually been underused this whole season because his yep. significance is is not even important. Right. Yeah. So something's going to be up with him probably in season eight. Is it? Yeah, season eight. Um, any any uh, items you were thinking of, Eric? That's the that's the main one. Uh, other than that, it's just you know uh, obvious shit. Uh, when are when are Danny and John going to find out about Cersei's betrayal? Um, where is Jamie headed exactly? We know he's headed north. We don't know where north is he going to find John. Or is he going to get sidetracked on the way there? Um, and it, where's where's the Night King taking his army? Um, could be Winterfell. Could not be Winterfell. It's most likely Winterfell. But I'd like to see them do something a little different. Yep. Very good. Uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, anything you got? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a massive battle at Winterfell where the, I, the zombie army will end end up meeting its end. Uh, we'll probably lose at least one more dragon along the way. Um, if not both. No, um, Drogon! I, uh, I, I get a feeling, I think, I think, again, they haven't done the Valonqar thing in the series, but remember how they, they revealed that, because it's still High Valerian, that the prince who was promised could also be the princess who was promised? That it was a gender-neutral term? Mm-hmm. It could be that the little brother is the little sibling, and so it doesn't necessarily have to be a male. And it doesn't didn't say it's her little brother. I'm thinking it's going to be Arya who gets Sansa in the end. Sansa? That's not Sansa. Sorry, uh, Arya who gets Cersei in the end. <laughs> I was like, gotcha. wow, I've heard some whacked out theories. I think I think it's Arya who's going to get Cersei. Uh. I, gets, and I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up wearing Littlefinger's face. At, that at would some be point. awesome. Yeah. And I do think that. Once that threat is gone, and once the other threat is gone, and it's a time to unite, that we might end up seeing Danny finally go a little too far and have to be taken out. And if that happens, I'm predicting that'll be 
Jorah Mormont who doesn't. Really? Wow. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, that's that's a good one, Mike. That's yeah, a bold we, prediction right there. Yeah, because that's I a bold on, prediction. I keep on saying it's going to be Tyrion, but you're right. But he would be the perfect one because they set him up as this this lap dog. Like yeah, a, he's a puppy dog. I don't think he has yeah, the stones for it. That yeah, that I know exactly. So that would be a huge surprise because yeah, well because she, she would have to check. go so she would have to do something so horrible to get everyone to turn on her. And what's the best way to say show that everyone's turned on her is if she loses Jorah. Right. Right. That's a good point. Excellent point. Hmm. I like that, Mike. Uh, Well, well thought out. Well thought out. Um, And yours too, Eric, about the the witch. Everybody forgets about her. And and Tormund's dying because Jamie's going to end up with with Brienne, and that sucks. She's a witch! I want want ginger babies. I want want Jamie and Brienne to hook up. That would be cool. Um, I, I, I'd rather see Tormund and Brienne hook up, but I think you're right. It's going to be Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The real question is, who is Sansa's next husband going to be? <laughs> Somebody horrible. Yeah, no kidding. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or she'll get stuck with Sam or something. The Night but, King. Yeah, oh my god, that'd be terrible. <laughs> She'll be the Ice Queen. She'll be uh, raped again, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she doesn't need that. No one needs that. Right. Oh my god. Um, yeah, that's terrible. Um, yeah, my su- surprise, or, or what I think is could happen, um, uh, besides the obvious things, like Bran will get his castle and things like that, um, I... Still think that Danny is, it may go apeshit and become uh, a villain, um, and that they're gonna clean. It. Basically, Jon Snow or Tyrion or someone's gonna have to stop her, and then Cersei's gonna probably be assassinated by someone, and and then uh, the Starks will somehow have to fill the the vacuum because again, it comes down to the Stark story from the very first episode. So I think maybe the Starks will be the people that are the final heroes. Um, and, and, and again, this is very vague. There's nothing big about it, but I'm thinking something like that's going to happen. Like Gendry and Sansa could become the leaders of the, the whole thing because the t- Targaryen woman will be crazy. Cersei's will be crazy. And so the Starks and the Baratheons will clean up the mess again, like they did 50 years ago or 20 years ago when it was how it was. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's all I can think of. Um, oh, one more it, thing. Yeah, go on. I just look. Um, there will be a Clegane Bowl. I think we all agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but I, based, based off of that one scene we saw yeah, in, in fin- the finale. But I think that one of two things is going to happen. Either uh, the Hound is going to be beaten by the mountain and saved by Arya, or Arya is going to get try to kill the mountain and be saved by by the Hound. Hmm. Right, and and Mike, it'll probably we have to have be, one big big moment between the two of them again. And this is probably where you come into where like Arya will assassinate Cersei's right because this, the uh, the mountain isn't. A general anymore. Oh, like he was this is how it's one through, one through six. When he was, just, or I one just, through four. I just figured it out. The way it's yeah. going to go 
is that the hound is going to fight the mountain, and the mountain is going to grievously wound the hound, and Arya is going to kill the mountain. And then, with the hound laying there dying in front of her, this time she won't leave him there to die. She'll put him out of his mercy. Oh, wow. That's a good one, like too. That. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it in the sense that the hound will be dead. But Well, yeah, that, that sucks that the hound will die, but if, if it's yeah. going to happen, I think think that's a... That's the best that, way it could happen. That's a, that's a good one, yeah. 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 That is a good one. Um, yeah. So, that, yeah, this, 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 who knows? I mean, uh, what about the Night King? How do you think he's going to die? You know, I am really conflicted about the Night King. Um, because, I mean, Phil, you've been joking around about how he's misunderstood. But yes. at the same time, there's there's a bunch of theories out there about that. We really don't know what he's up to. And maybe we don't know what he's really up to, but he really just seems to be kind of misunderstood, killing people. Uh, so if it's if that's not just if he's not just a killing machine, what the fuck is he up to? I can't suss it out myself. Um, so I'm going to continue to operate under the assumption that that he just wants to kill everybody because uh, I haven't seen any evidence to give me another uh, goal for him. Yeah, some folks have been saying that he's actually um, a force of nature rather than evil or not. So, who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, he was created by the children of the forest. So, yeah. to a certain extent, that's true. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think the children of the forest exactly knew what they were doing when they created them. Yeah. And there, there are some who say he's Bran. Yeah, that he's, that or, or, or that, created oh, by that's fucking or, stupid. Or created by Bran the same way that Bran created Hodor. Mm. Interesting. No, they showed us how he was created. We saw it on screen. I understand that. That no, that whole. What about stupid. what about Bran to replace him if they? That's kill also him stupid. Br- yeah, but but that's what a lot of the stuff is. That somehow he's related to. And there's a lot of stupid people on the internet. Mike, what about? This interesting thing that you... Hold on, wait, 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 wait a minute, hold up. on. If I, if I told you two years ago, Eric, that the reason Hodor says Hodor is because it really means hold the door, and Brand went back in time, possessed him, and told him in 20 years... Stop making sense. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yes. Um, Mike, you brought up uh, something offline um, that... The last scene of the finale, or one of the last scenes of the finale, shows uh, the Night King's army in a formation that looks like uh, the wolf's head of the Starks. Which I, is I, po- I pointed out that someone else pointed it out, and I think it was silly. But let's go ahead. Okay, just, just so, be but, clear. So, but is that part of the, that rumor that Bran is the Night King? Is because of that? That's people looking for reasons to confirm what they believe. There are people looking for some confirmation that Bran is the Night King. I don't understand where that theory comes from. I just don't. There's there's absolutely zero evidence for that. So? And there is, by the way, there, there, are, there are Photoshop pictures because the Night King has an... I don't know, a pin or an amulet or something that he, that he like wears the same place that Littlefinger has his Mockingbird pin uh-huh. like to hold his cloak on. And there are Photoshop pictures of the Night King and Bran wearing the same pin, but they are Photoshopped. He's, they right. are not wearing the same pin. Because people on the internet are stupid. 
Or, or they're they're having fun because they know Game of Thrones people are, are, are stupid, and so they said, "Oh, let's <laughs> let's bother them and and screw their minds." Uh, but I saw it on the internet. Megalodon is real. Okay. Now, Mike, you, do you think that it did look somewhat like the head of the the Stark Wolf? That formation. Yeah, like any kind of cloud wolf, you squint at it the right way. Gotcha. It was they were they were they were going through a narrow opening, so they took a triangular formation, and there's sort of a triangular shape to the wolf head. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah, kind of, sort of. But I think it's, yep. it's just it's, I think it's just coincidence. Same as like people saw dragons in Jon Snow's blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was another one. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, now, uh, who's going to be next thrown out the moon door? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't have an answer. Mike, do you have an answer? (laughs) Maybe Robin himself. Yeah, I mean, who's getting a happy ending? Um, Hmm. I'm going to go with Torment. I think that we already saw him die. Uh, chance, I mean, if yeah. he's going to die, we already saw it happen. You know what, though, Eric? We, I honestly, we, after rewatching episode ten of season two, the finale when Sam sees the White Walkers, I, I honestly thought they were going to cut back to season three, episode one, and he would be dead. Right. Um. And that, and he wasn't. So maybe Giants Bane is still living. I'm not saying that he's definitely dead. I'm saying if they're going to kill him, it just happened. I, I think he's Schrodinger's giant Spain. He's both dead and alive until we get to episode eight point one. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, and, and unless, yeah, unless they show it on on screen, right? I mean, Stannis is still alive, and um, <laughs> whatever. Who else is still alive? That, Even though Brienne said screen. that she executed him, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, but actually, but we know Brienne said fuck on her, so she can well, lie. That's true. She did say that. She did say that. Uh, Maybe Brienne she's been is the like, big fat liar this whole time. Yeah. Brienne is like the living example of the the internet meme of you had just you had one job, <laughs> right? Well, uh, hey, the Stark girls are still alive. Yeah. Well, oh, why, does, why does she, she had very little to do with that? Well, right. Be right. that as it may, the Stark girls are still alive. Why, why does she? Keep on pledging herself. Why the hound refuses to pledge himself? Why? Because she's he... honorable. But but why why does anybody have to pledge themselves to any stupid monarch? Uh, she doesn't have to do... live in a world where monarchs exist. But she doesn't have to. But she, because that's what, but that's what she believes. She's not a she's not a radical thinker who thinks outside the box. She wants to be in the box, right? right. That's what her whole thing has been: is that she wants to be one of those who serves. Who wants to be a knight. She wants to be. She wants to be pledged in someone's service. Is what she's always wanted to do. She wants to be part of the system. She didn't want to upend the system. So she wants to be the secret service, and that's her her goal. She wants to be a spoke in the wheel. Right. Right. She wants to be part of the wheel that yep. Danny needs to break. Right. All right. I, yeah. Because I, I always thought it was curious. Like no one else has as much. Like I'll do whatever you want. I'll even throw myself in on the grenade. Um, in the show, except for her, and it's like, man, is she crazy? I would not throw myself on no grenade for those losers. <laughs> I can't disagree, but that's yeah. her character. 
fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, it's her character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess mm-hmm. a, a, a small part of me would kind of actually like to see Tyrion and Sansa end up together. <laughs> well, they were married. So you're well, because, well oh, they, yeah. because they were married, and the truth is, I think by now she should be able to realize, you know, he wasn't really that bad after all. Right. Oh, right. oh, yeah. And, and basically watching all those episodes, rewatching it like you, Mike, yeah, I mean, they, they actually liked each other, they, they, and he was good to her, so you're absolutely right. Right. And yeah. and if and and if there's going to be a political marriage somewhere, it's one that would make some sense to marry the, the Starks and the Lannisters. Right, right, yeah, that's true. Um, now, uh, predictions of who's going to die next season? Any, any major characters or, or minor characters you think that are? are Cersei has to bite it at some point. I don't know yeah. when. But yeah, she's got to go. She's got to go. I mean, she's the only one that's guaranteed, right? I can't believe she's going to be right. alive at the end. Um, the witch is going to die because she already said it. Yep. Yeah, she said it. Yeah. And that means um, Varys is likely to die. I yeah, think the Hound is... predicted him too. Yeah. The Hound is gone. The ma- Everyone on Team Cersei right now, which is the Hound, uh, not the Hound, the Mountain, Kyburn, and of course Cersei, they're gone. Um, yeah. I think... I think oh, Jamie might get caught up in that whole thing and die along with it. One thing I could also see happening is I could see Jamie hooking up with uh, Brienne and Brienne getting killed because of something Cersei does. And that might be what drives Jamie to right. try to go kill her. Oh, yeah, maybe. That makes but sense. I, could, I, I could also see Cersei killing Jamie instead of the other way around. Um, I know I may, that goes completely against my prediction of Arya killing Cersei, but, you know, um, these, I, we're playing odds. I would really like to see. I don't necessarily think this is going to happen, but I would like to see uh, John and Danny find out about Cersei's uh, betrayal uh, before Pissboy gets banked with the Golden Troops. Maybe after the Golden Troops are loaded on the boats, uh, and just have Drogon pay him a visit in the middle of the ocean. Uh, bye bye fleet. Bye bye Golden oh, yeah. Company. Fuck you, Cersei. Yeah, your your on is gone. Euron is, oh, is yeah, dying. Yeah, 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 he's probably going to. I think Euron is going to go. I think Theon is not going to make it through the end of the season. But I, ho- I hope he redeems himself when he dies, though. Well, there, there's no point to doing this if you don't have a redemption right, right. story. He, he, yeah, yeah. And, and based and on his story is going now, he's going after Euron to save Yara. So mm-hmm. you figure Euron and Theon will kill each other, and Yara will probably survive, but she may not have any significance to the main stories. Um, but, um, so that, that's, that's probably true. So I would agree with you that on that, Mike, that the two Greyjoy males will, will pass and Cersei's will pass and, and the mountain and Kyburn, uh, even though Kyburn at one time was friendly with Jamie, he's, uh, he's now too aligned with Cersei. So he's kaput. Um, I think all four Starks are safe. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, I don't know about Jon Snow. I would. I, he could, I, I would he could like be a to sacrifice. See. He could be a sacrifice. It would be. It kind could of be cool if we ended up with uh, with women in power everywhere. Um, oh, so, oh, I could see Bran suiciding too. You know, uh, if his story means anything, he could, he may be. He might, I, but yeah. I'm making. I could, I'm not saying I can't see them dying. I think if they were to die, it would be Bran and Jon. And I don't see the girls going, um, but I'm right now. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to make it. I think. No, no. Eric mentioned that he said that he thought the um, 
everybody, all the the leaders are going to be women. You said, Eric? No, I said it would be cool if all the women oh. were leaders. Uh, so if, if Danny ends up on the Iron Throne, um, and Yara makes it through, if Theon successfully sacrifices himself and sh- and Piss Boy dies, and Yara ends up queen of the uh, of the Iron Islands, and then Sansa is in charge up north, uh, and Jon Snow dies somewhere along the way. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's possible. I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I think that could be very likely, Eric. And whether it was intentional that he wanted, meaning George R. R. Martin wants woman as the leaders, or mm-hmm. if it just turned out as he's writing the story, he goes, well, actually, these are most likely to make it, and it just happened that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but I could see it being the case, even if it was intentional or not, when he first started writing the book. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think John and Danny is just too creepy, even though to 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 last to be a happily ever after. So one of the two is not making it, right? Um, and I think of right. the two, John is most likely to die just because he kind of never wanted to be brought back in the first place. Uh, right. and, as, and as long as they take care of the Night King, uh, he'll be fine with it. All right. And, and to be honest, like I said before, I, it would be any issue for me if, if like Trogon just went to um, the Iron Islands and just nuked the whole place and got rid of it because I don't even care if Yara survives. <laughs> it's just like all the great Joes. Oh, I like Yara. Yeah, I know you do, but but she, I, when you in the big picture, I mean, her, her character so. No, I do. I think the Iron Islanders are highly annoying. I agree with you there. Garion is gone. Not a single person who shares your blood is alive to support you. The Starks are gone as well. Our two terrible fathers saw to that. The remaining members of House Lannister will never back you, not ever. Stannis Baratheon won't back you either. His entire claim to the throne rests on the illegitimacy of yours. That leaves the Tyrells. Not impossible. Not enough. Lannister, Targaryen, Baratheon, Stark, Tyrell. They're all just spokes on a wheel. This one's on top, then that one's on top, and on and on it spins, crushing those on the ground. It's a beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Okay, can you pick one character, if you had to put money down? Yeah. One character to survive. Who do you think is the, the most likely to survive? I'm, I'm oh, say, Jesus. I'll, I'll say Sansa. Of because, course. Well, no, I'm not even saying it because I, I like her character the best. I'm, I'm saying because she is placed, they, they built her character to be somewhat of a po- politician, and she's well-liked enough by the people in in her, you know, you know, the bannermen that she, that have followed the Starks and she, and she, you know, and she is the daughter of Ned and they all like Ned. And also being single, she is important in the sense, like you said, Eric, where, or was you Mike that said that she could marry someone of importance and, and unite. So I could see her making it all the way to the end, a hundred percent, just for those reasons. Never mind, I like the character. I think, well, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Phil, but uh, I think Tyrion is pretty likely to make it because Cersei's a crazy bitch and deserves to die. Danny can be a crazy bitch and might deserve to die at some point. 
Uh, John doesn't give a shit if he dies. Arya's going to get herself into a situation where she could die. Uh, Tyrion, on the other hand, just wants to sit around and advise people. Doesn't really want to be involved in battle uh, and has a way of getting out of the way when he wants to. So I think Tyrion will make it. Yeah, he just wants to be Bismarck, that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, I think, actually, uh, Sam is probably going to be the one that I, I would most bet on. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. And actually, all, all, all and really enemies. Sam and Gilly, and little yeah. Sam. Yeah, because all his enemies are dead. Those are, you know, the, 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 the black... Uh, the Ravens, or whatever you call it, the the Watch. Night's that, Watch? Yeah, the Night's Watch, the ones that did the Rebellion and were all killed in at Season 3, I think it was. So all his enemies are dead. He has no enemies, really, anymore. So And, and Alice the Thorn's dead, so he has no enemies, except for the, the typical enemies everybody has. Right. So if anybody's going to kill him, it would only be Cersei's when her army comes in. So I, I think you're right, Mike. That's not a bad one. And And why would they kill him off when... They built this big story about him and Gilly and, and the little Sam. Well, and there's also the fact that the night, no, the night king gave him a pass for some reason. Yeah, we don't know why. 10, why yeah. that happened? Maybe we'll find out why in season eight. Uh, bad, bad editing. Well, maybe. Uh, at the same time, it seems so intentional that I mean, he was in the middle of the fucking army of the dead. With the Night King staring at him and lived to tell but the tale. But he wasn't. That, that, that's the problem. He wasn't actually staring at him. If you look well, at it, wasn't, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the Night King. It was, a, it was one of the, his, his generals. Uh, okay, but, whatever. But if you yeah. look at the position of the rock he was, that he was hiding behind, he wasn't making eye contact. It was, it was bad editing. Were all of like the that. dead on the other side of the rock? Pretty much. That a, okay. I, I thought, I didn't think it was bad editing, but maybe you're right, Mike. Um, and the Night King, yeah, he was... He didn't come into because I, I did look it up because after watching that I said you, you haven't rewatched it more recently than me, so I'm not going to die on this hill. Yeah, well, I'm saying I I I, 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 I did a Google search. I looked it up. Why didn't the, the the White Walkers let Sam live? And they point out, no. If you look, here's the rock. Here's the people. It looks like he's looking at him. He's not really open it up. See all the people. Oh wait, no. Right. Okay. All right. So maybe, maybe yeah. Right. If if there's proof online, whether it's Red Bull and Reddit people or the double D's came out and said, yeah, it's just editing. Well, it's the, it's the easiest explanation. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the simplest explanation that fits all the facts that we have. Now, if they want to say later, well, they they saw him and this is the reason why he's left alive. Well, then that'll introduce new facts, but it's just easier to say that they didn't see him. They, they didn't see him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. I buy it. I, I mean, um, yeah. So, all right. So, those are those are the people that we probably. I, I mean, these are just general predictions, I guess. For yeah, let's wrap season. it up. Hey. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Eric is all Game of Thrones out for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's sick and tired of people complaining about hair colors and 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 Gilly and Sam and and, and whoever's and, yeah and, yeah why Cersei's hair still short and blah blah all that other yeah it's like uh, who cares. Who well, because we all know they don't have scissors. <laughs> best for us. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it brands the Night King and, uh, and on and on. We can go on. And on. So, so, yeah, yeah. 
So. No, I, no, and, I and still, where did the chains the come? Where did the, where did the chains come? Well, that was my nitpick. I could, that <laughs> what the fuck? They're just fucking carrying these chains around with them. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Why did they throw the spear and just kill them all? I don't know, but uh, whatever. I, I do still love Game of Thrones. Uh, it's just a little bit oversaturated right now, and I'm ready for a break. Yeah, yeah, and, and it may not even be the show itself, right, Eric? It's it's the the over it's the, it's the culture. It's the culture yeah. around Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hopefully, like they, thirty days from now, people will shut the fuck up, and we'll get some peace and quiet until season eight. Yeah, like uh, Dave Zadano or Dave Z, as he's known now on Facebook. Um, he he actually posted. He goes, the one good thing about tonight, and this was uh, on Sunday night, uh, is that after last week with Game of Thrones and this week with Twin Peaks, I won't have to hear any of that shit anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not the only one that's... And, and you're a fan of the of the show, you know, so... Right, right. Yeah, yeah, so that makes sense. All right, all right so, yeah, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, so, final thoughts? Uh, anything that anybody wanted to bring up? Uh, I'll, I'll just throw out that uh, I was glad... Again, that the, the Starks uh, came together. I like that. Uh, I'm glad the, the fights between the the siblings are over. So now the Starks are all on the same page, except Bran's a little still kooky. Um, and I think that was huge. Uh, I love how Bran has now become um, a, a main cast member. Cast, cast member um, like he was in the first few seasons. Um, if actually even more so now, because he's, he's a general now. Um, and uh, um, I'm glad that Cersei's made it out of the season, because uh, she's an awesome villain, and um, uh, I, I love her plan, where she, she says, yeah, let, we'll let them all fight, and, and then we'll fill the vacuum when it's over. And if not, you know, so be it, because I was going to get killed by the dragons otherwise. So, um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um and as Mike has said often, not tonight necessarily, but often, like you said, that the worst episode of Game of Thrones is still better than 99.9% of anything else on TV or even possibly at the movies. So um, it's good stuff. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Eric? Uh, I've already said everything I have to say. He is game. Let's take a show. break. And um, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm just can't believe how much we've talked and talked and talked and talked I mean, about Game of Thrones. We spent about three hours talking about each episode this season. It's and, crazy. And, and we really haven't even necessarily exhausted everything. Um, so if for some reason you actually listened, God bless you. Thank you. We're sorry. Uh, and, well, hopefully we'll see you again or you'll hear from us again. Who knows if the world will even still be here. Um, I do know that we are probably almost certainly going to get the next season of Game of Thrones before we get the last book of Song of Ice and Fire. Really? Okay. Well, that means, yeah, because otherwise George R. R. Martin should have everything out and the publishers out within the past next two years, right? I, I've known some people who, can, or who have theorized he's going to drop both books at once, and I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, that's possible, yeah. Or, or they would do it like... Um, he'd finish them at the same time and then they would release one and then the other six months later or something like that. Yeah. I could, I could see something like that too. Huh. Given that he hasn't finished writing this winds of winter. Right. Yeah, I don't think he's coming out with two books in the next two years. Yeah. 
Interesting. Are two of books in this series. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't die before he finishes all this. Yeah. Well, see, it's funny. I was watching Death Note. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and the story is like you write somebody's name in a book and, and the person dies. And yeah. if you could put one person's name in the book, and I thought about it, and I kind of thought, just because it would piss so many people off, George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, George R.R. R. Martin. Um, I will state that Michelle Barkley summed it up, though, that uh, the man created an incredible group of characters and story, at least in the, the first, uh, or you know, the books that are out anyway, even if they dragged a little bit, as you said, Eric, in books, the last two books. Um, but, but yeah, the world that he's created, uh, some may actually say that it's, it's greater or better than uh, The Lord of the Rings and various other fantasy and sci-fi stuff. So, uh, again, it's all your perspectives. Uh, so, either way, um, we will be back. Uh, One day. The week, yeah, someday, and it'll be the week before uh, the series starts to give us, give our uh, predictions and, you know, thoughts and whatnot. So whenever the season eight comes out, we'll have an episode the week before it comes out. Uh, if everybody wants to listen to us, uh, even though we're not going to be doing You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, Game of Thrones podcast because of the hiatus, uh, we are on Dark Discussions podcast, which comes out weekly. And that discusses other genre stuff, and folks can uh, get us there. And then also co-host Eric, he has his own podcast, Scansity, which you can hear weekly as well, where he discusses, uh, as you said earlier, Eric, general interest topics. So folks can still listen to us weekly uh, on numerous podcasts, uh, specifically Dark Discussions podcast, and Eric on a second podcast, a Scansity podcast. And then... Um, um, the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast will now be coming back, uh, which includes me. And then me and Mike will be back uh, probably early next year, mid-next year, when American Gods, Searching for American Gods podcast comes back. And then me, Eric, and Mike will be back again when the Westworld Bullets, Brothels, and Bots podcast comes back. So uh, folks can still listen to us if they do like this podcast on other podcasts. We won't be disappearing unless the North Koreans kill us all. <laughs> um, but otherwise, uh, yes, we will be back. So uh, Forget the North Koreans. Watch the Swedes. Beware of the Swedes. They're, all, they're the danger. Yes. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, we can wrap it up. So uh, Eric, uh, why don't you lead us out? All right. Sorry I'm cranky. Uh, thank you for tuning in us for listening to Game of Thrones. We really do appreciate our listeners. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for season eight.